put arrow the acrobat music behind it <laughs> perfect <laughs> okay paul blart mall cop 2 is a direct dvd sequel to 2009's paul blart mall cop that was accidentally released in theaters follow the titular paul blart his daughter maya and a ton of other characters whose names i don't know to scenic locks vegas in this hilarious adventure slash tax write-off paul blart and that's all I can do before I think you gotta play a different song what was the one that I kept going for the kiss band Beth I think yeah I kept asking for Beth yeah yeah put a really shitty video of that yeah 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 if we can just keep it all kiss themed I think that would be optimal for the Paul Blart experience but hello everybody we'd have more licensed music than the movie does yeah yeah <laughs> Welcome to uh, Paul Cast of the Blart Lactic Heroes 2, The Quickening, How Paul Got His Groove Back. With me is a uh, uh, special guest today, Serene Dragon. Hello. 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 Uh, as usual, it was uh, Vicus and Kuvo. Yep. Yeah, so basically we watched the movie together and she said, and if myself. you're going to force me to watch this, I have to be on the podcast. No, there was no way I was watching Paul Blart 2 and not getting to yell about it. <laughs> that's fair. And, uh, I think that's in the contract at the end of the fine print. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> that you're legally allowed to yell at it for at least the length of the movie. Yeah, uh, and I am Ty Tuesday and we watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 and it's... Probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I honestly think so. And I've watched recently uh, The Nutty Professor to The Clumps, or just <laughs> The Clumps. And uh, also recently I've watched the Emoji movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it has a really high terribleness to budget ratio. Yeah. I, have seen, I have seen some art films that are like just a lady staring at a jar of mayonnaise or some shit for like 45 minutes, and I would probably, wa- <laughs> I would probably watch that over Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. You know, uh, at least then I could aggressively just look at my phone. <laughs> well, we recently watched uh, most of, not all of, uh, Holmes and Watson. Um, because the flights at United were <laughs> awful. We were stuck on a plane, and it was all there was. We are like, let's watch a bad comedy movie, because we heard it's really bad. And it's really bad, but I would rather watch that again than watch Paul Blart 2 again. God, it sucks. So, Vicus, Serene, have you seen Paul Blart Mall Cop, the original? No. Nope. But we've watched no, okay. a lot of reviews of it. <laughs> I'm glad we're getting such varied experiences now, because this is my first time watching Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, but I have more knowledge of it, uh, because I've listened to podcasts of other people watching it, um, whereas Paul Blart 1 was entirely, um, blind. you know, blind. So, uh, shall we begin in, yeah. in, in the way? Kubo, let's talk <sighs> about Paul Blart Mall Bop. <laughs> let's do it! It's still the funnier joke, is that his name is better than most of the jokes in the movie, but... <laughs> Um, so it starts off, uh, we get, much like the first movie, a bunch of flyby shots of a badge with triumphant music playing. 
Um, we see some production credits, and then we get the uh, title, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, and big and bold letters. the Marvel music starts playing. Yeah. Um, we start. The movie starts with actually a brief recap of the end of the last movie. We see that Paul and Amy, who was the love interest, I guess you could say, in the first movie, uh, they get Lady married, which stopped. they did at the uh, end of the movie. And uh, So, thus begins <laughs> the descent into Paul Blart, and perhaps Kevin James' madness is <laughs> when they reveal six days after getting married, after going through a, like, very harrowing terrorist attack that also threatened his daughter... Uh, she got divorced from him. So he just got windmill slammed with this horrible, scary thing, and then a marriage, <laughs> and then getting just dropped off six days later. Yeah, the voiceover, yeah. Paul's doing a voiceover here, and he's talking about how life is hard, but if you have friends, it's worth it, and you can share it with someone. But the cut is like him answering the front door, and it's a lawyer serving him a notice that uh, his wife divorced him. So that sets the tone for Paul's life, um, which isn't exactly the greatest. A lot, the greatest. See a lot of this film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of this film seems to be the trials and tri- Like, you know the book from the Bible, Job. <laughs> like, right. Uh, this is Kevin James's. This is Kevin Job. Too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Paul is still doing security work at the mall. Um, he's trying to get past the fact that Amy left him six days in the marriage. Um, Paul finds solace in the fact that his mom still lives with him, and he loves her very much, um, but she gets hit by a truck. Like uh, a milk a milk truck, and they try and do this joke of like, I didn't even know milk trucks existed anymore. But like, it, it, they have him do that, and then they have him like get up and run away in a very silly manner, but... It, his mom just got hit by a truck and died. Like, honestly, it's not funny. <laughs> no, honestly, the truck hitting her got the laugh from me because it just, just bam, hit her, cut away. And I'm like, you know what? That's funny. And then they ruin it. Better yeah, timing than anything in the film. It. Too. Yeah. It, it could have been, like, just him, the truck getting hit and that's it. And, like, they kept yeah. going with the story. But, no, like, it shows him being sad about it. And I was like, well, then the, the laughter isn't. It's not funny anymore. The suddenness of the death. It's not funny anymore. I, I laughed at the, the at hit the in her and the cut away. And, like, that's funny. And then they were I feel it. a little bad that the two things that I would say mm-hmm. were the closest approxi- <laughs> approximations to laughter that occurred to me during the, my entire viewing time of Pablo Armand Cup 2 were both an old lady getting hit. I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> and about me, but yeah, I think it's just I think it's just there's an oasis of an old lady getting hit by a truck in the middle of the void that is Paul Blarmel come to. Yeah, um, there is a scene in between this of him doing security work and a kid slapping him, but it's not important much like any of the other scenes in this movie. The, the um, one thing I would point out is that you notice the phone the mom had in that scene. It was like a flip phone. Yeah, well, that, I, I think maybe that's a callback to the first movie because there was a lot of flip phones in the first movie, maybe. But. Could be. Well, but this movie came out in what, like 2015? 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even uh. in 2010, if it was set then, like, flip phones were, like, way going out in style. Well, that was the joke in the first movie. Paul had a flip phone through yeah. a bunch of stupid reasons. Also, and everybody uh, made fun import- of him. Important note before the child hug scene, they say it is a two year skip. Like it is a two year yes. gap and he's still like not able to deal with all this at all. But like he did have a rough one. And also the child no hug situation, that scene, <laughs> uh that just went like a little too long, right? Yep. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Kinda, like everything. Like it, 
I guess like to give backstory on the scene out? real quick, uh, Paul finds a missing kid. He takes the missing kid to his mother who's just fucking around on her phone and not really paying attention. She tells her kid to hug Paul. Paul's like, this isn't necessary. And the kid doesn't want to do it, but she's insistent. And the kid eventually slaps Paul. And like she's like, oh, well, I guess I, guess I got to go find him again. That, that, it's a scene that didn't like, need to be there. Yeah, and Paul just keeps being like, oh, you know, he didn't, you know, he, didn't, he doesn't want to. It's cool. No, really, it's fine. This is weird now. And, like, it was legitimately, like, uncomfortable, weird mom situation. This is your <laughs> opening yeah. joke, basically. You know, like, your opening joke scene. And that's what you're doing. Man. So, um, we cut a bit later. I guess it's seven years after the first movie. We get a scene of Paul getting some mail, and he opens it up. And he's ecstatic because he has been invited to a security conference for mall cops in Las Vegas. At the same time, we also see a matching scene of Maya, his daughter, who is now a fully grown teenager. Uh, she gets a letter, and it's from UCLA saying that she has been accepted, and she's also very ecstatic. So and I want to say this is another one of the this establishes one of the biggest problems with Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, which is Maya is like legit the nicest best person in this yeah. movie oh, like yeah. she's, she's the, one, the best part of the film easily like she's just a nice gentle human being who's very kind and patient in the middle of everyone else <laughs> who fucking sucks yeah she, <laughs> seems, she has unconditional love Paul. for her father when at times it would be you, you could be like okay my you could hate your dad it's, for once it is to the point where yeah like it, she actually means unconditional like to the point where it's like wow i would have punched your dad <laughs> like, yeah. she just she just lets it rock and it's just like damn um and there's a bunch of like one of the main driving forces of this film is a conflict between him and his daughter but his daughter is like literally perfect and he's a trash man who's garbage <laughs> so like they, Who could I root for? They, tr- they try and make me empathize with Paul Blart, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to empathize with that. <laughs> I, I think we'll get into this later because, like, he becomes a worse person ass. from the first to the second <laughs> so movie. Awful so. shit. Awful. Yeah. Like, it, it's amazing. Like, the first movie, he was like incompetent and he sucked but he was still kind of like a little bit likable occasionally because it's just kind of like oh this this fucking buffoon like whatever he got what's coming to him etc but this one he's just a bastard yeah (laughs) just a garbage man we'll we'll get to it i think we're jumping the gun a bit here but um so paul is ecstatic he calls maya downstairs and they're like oh we got to share each other some great news and paul tells her about his invitation to the security thing and she's like oh that's great father and then he's like well what did you have to say and she's like uh and it's obvious that she doesn't want to tell paul for some reason that she got accepted so she makes something up about food and paul's like i love food whatever yeah like she's like flip yeah yeah like she knows he's gonna freak out despite it being an incredible thing that's good for her and framed as such like wonderful daughter gets wonderful opportunity to succeed in the world Oh no, this might make my dad sad. Like, how can you not see how fucked this is from the word go? Yeah. Like, you know. what? yeah, so they are decided to go to the security conference. We get a bunch of B-roll footage of the Vegas Strip because I need to fill time. And it's going to um, be all of it you're going to see. Everything else is green screen. <laughs> Um, we see a, a sight gag of like them getting out of a car and you look, think it's a cool car, but it's in fact, they're shitty, like Honda Prius or whatever. Um, Paul tells the valley to fuck off because he doesn't want to pay him money. Um, the only reason and I noticed I mentioned this is because the valley is a character later. So, uh, Paul yep. and her go to check in into the hotel. Um, Paul's looking really shitty in his Hawaiian shirt and he's carrying too many bags and trying to do like physical comedy sight gags here, but it's just bad. 
it's it's amazing to me how Kevin James manages to fail physical comedy like yeah. so hard across uh-huh. the. He sort of just wiggles and like it's his only move. He's yeah. fat. Look at him. He's fat. So there's there's a scene of him trying to push like he has like seven or eight suitcases and he's trying to carry them all to the front desk. Which I mean, it's a cheap joke, but if done well, it could be funny. But, like, he just no-sells it the entire time. Like, he's making all these wacky, like, Adam Sandler non-noises. And, like, it's just grating to watch. Yeah. Like, a big part of physical comedy is that, like, really well-performed physical comedy. Like, a lot of the old silent film kind of joke stuff requires incredible physical ability, actually. <laughs> like, you have to be able to do some wild shit. And so and Kevin also James is on the scene. Die. <laughs> so <laughs> Kevin James. <laughs> no, no, no. The joke is that he's fat i mean even That's the, the, joke. the joke of him being fat can be good if it's played well but it's just no. it's just he's it's fat not. That's he's, it. he's fat and he wobbles look how not a wobbly single he is. tuba there's not a single tuba <laughs> that's an oversight i'm supposed to know it's funny if there's not a tuba or some timpani playing every time he takes up boom 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 like give me that please <laughs> so he's standing in line to check in um out of nowhere comes this woman who's in like a cop mall cop security uniform and uh, she becomes a character later and she says that she's like from the mall of america and they exchange greetings and whatever and uh he she tells them is like listen i love what you did six years ago and helped all those people like so i guess paul bart is somewhat famous in the mall cop community right then he's on the reddit this, for sure yeah it's trying to establish this and she lets it slip that like someone big is going to be doing the keynote speech tonight wink wink and so paul starts thinking it's him and she like a secret surprise Why? speaker yeah right surprise paul... to even the speaker yeah. yeah yeah like that's not how a surprise guest works like <laughs> no. the guest knows and the organizers know like the guest has to prepare it's not just like we're gonna pick some random motherfucker from the audience they're gonna have to give a speech and if they <laughs> don't we're gonna ridicule them forever like that's not how that works in any universe and why is he so dumb and like <laughs> we're supposed to sympathize with him but he's so fucking stupid i, I want to give a so quick reference dumb. to the notes i wrote here i wrote for this line she says he might be keynote speaker blart afraid afraid of robocop she punches him in throat and i forgot about both of those jokes until i reread this line oh right yeah because yeah yeah, he's he's she's just like you know like oh well you know if it if it's not you who would it be and he's like i don't know robocop i'd stand down for robocop and she's like he's not real and well i would stand down for him yeah, and, and then she, she punches again him in the goes, throat for But reason. he's not real, and it's like, yeah, we, we, we know. And the problem is, the joke just, like, it could have been done if it was delivered well and sharply one time and then moved along. But I, instead, I, they, like, do it six times, and it's not funny anyway. No. Now, and I don't know if it actually happened six times or if it just felt like it, it happened six times. Because <laughs> it always feels like it happened six times in fucking Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Yeah. Uh, so continuing on, they eventually get the check-in. There's a weird character actor doing the check-in guy, and th- there's an argument here about him checking incorrectly. Uh, like I guess his room wasn't ready, and so Paul tries to say like, "Well, I'm the keynote speaker. I'm a pretty and big deal." Like you could check who's doing it in the auditorium tonight, and like she looks at the auditorium, and it's a listing for like Baby Kiss, which I guess is like a band, a Kiss cover band with small people or something. Again, I only say yeah. this joke because it comes back as a callback yeah, we'll later. Because this this film's idea pay of payoff is yeah, I was gonna say so payoff fucking is, annoying. Payoff is really generous. <laughs> like, that is, like don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a fan of callback jokes, but like when these oh, are not existent, 
really. But it's a callback to something that wasn't funny the first yep. time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not funny the second one either. <laughs> yeah, and so while he's doing this, um, we get uh, they talk about well, my room is supposed to have bottomless M and M's, and we get the recap that Paul is hypoglycemic in the most extreme movie version way possible, and that he needs sugar. This is again a recap for the first movie that just to make sure you know he's hypoglycemic because we're playing into those jokes. Um, so yeah, the room isn't ready. Paul tries to act big, uh, the baby kiss joke, etc. So Paul says... Paul is just like... He's like a six-year-old during this whole scene. Yeah, like he's he, just like, but I want to be in my room right now. And he, like the manager's like, we can just hold on to your bags and you can go get dinner with your daughter who has literally just said, hey, let's get dinner and then let's go up to our room and then as soon as you're done, you can go get in your room. Like It's a really good situation that has been resolved in a very nice way. And Paul immediately is like, but I want to be in my room now. And it's like, what's wrong <laughs> with you? Like, yeah, he's acting again, like a toddler here. Yeah, yep. he's just a huge baby. <laughs> yeah. So he eventually gets the room sorted out after some really bad jokes. Um, he goes outside the the patio where Maya is already starting to eat. Um, the valley guy from before, his name is Lane. He's a minor character. Um, he's, they're chatting with each other, and they're kind of hitting it off pretty well. I Paul, uh, forgot he was at the start of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I, I kept reading him as valet guy until I realized he was like halfway through the film. Was like, oh, this guy's actually a character. So I went. He's in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And once again, Paul Blart's daughter is attempting to be a regular, happy human being and form a relationship with someone else. And uh, so, what's Paul gonna do? That's right, baby. Fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul sits down as an asshole, and the guy just leaves. Um, they start talking with each other for whatever reason. Paul has a vibrating fork to help him eat slow, and this is, of course, not a MacGuffin for later. Uh, <laughs> Chekhov's fork. It, it is uh, used later, but in the dumbest way possible. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, it's kind of amazing. Like you, you think, like, oh wow, this is really dumb. But like having seen the first movie, this is the type of shit that I was expecting coming into yeah. it. Yeah. And the thing to me is, <laughs> um, part two of the vibrating fork sequence is so stupid. <laughs> it made me angry so so we'll we'll get there i yelled about it for about five minutes after (laughs) so um as they're eating food um the manager uh her name is davina she shows up um earlier paul when he was trying to check in was asking for the manager and the guy was like the manager's busy blah 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 well the manager shows up here she you know profusely apologizes for the clerk and says that she upgraded the room for them and gives them the keys um, she touches Paul's hand while he gives the keys in kind of like a non-whatever way, but Paul like immediately explodes. Um, and like he has like a weird men's rights freak out at her. <laughs> like he's just like, sorry, sister, I'm not interested. Like yeah. hit the brakes. I see what you're doing. You're a little too transparent. And she's like, what? Yeah, she's, she's like, super confused about it. This is a very it. attractive lady, by yeah. the way. Like, this is a very attractive woman hitting on Kevin James, allegedly, and she's not <laughs> at all. No. And he's just like losing his mind and being like, "Just cool it, lady. Like, oh, get off my. Oh, stop trying to ride my jock." And then like, it's his real awkward, like, and it goes on for so long. Yeah, his, his daughter's just like, "I please, Dad, you're being such a fucking creep." Yeah. <laughs> so this scene goes Honestly, on for. Oh, it gets so much worse later in the film. Oh, yeah. like, something that happens that makes that scene so much worse. The whole payoff with yep. that character, Davina, is like the worst fucking like and that, and that moral, I guess, of the movie. Yeah. Yep. It's awful, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. She eventually, after about being berated for 30 seconds, leaves. Um, and, of course, his daughter is fucking pissed at him. Uh, 
Davina goes over to another employee at the casino. They're staying at like the win or something. Yeah. And uh, she gives a kiss to the guy. And the guy uh, is the head of security there. His name is Eduardo. Um, she fills Eduardo in about Paul being a fucking creep. But he's like, listen, we got other things to do. And they have to go meet some VIP. So, and to be clear, this man is incredibly handsome. Oh, yeah. They're both oh, really good yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's make no mistake. This is supposed to be the attractive couple, which, of course... Well, you can guess, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're also so, trying to make him seem like he's evil, even then. Yeah, like, he's serious in his tone, but, like, he's done nothing wrong so far. No. But um, they go and meet this VIP. The VIP's name is Sofal. Um, he looks like kind of an older Matt Damon. Uh, and the he's, movie he's about pres- got a lot of things. Yeah. The movie presents him in a way that makes him seem totally not evil. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the guy who has heterochromia, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Got- so, okay. I looked this up just to be clear because I didn't want to be a dick and, like, call a guy who just happened to have heterochromia and be like, wow, they use that fucking thing. But, like... No, I looked it up. That dude's got, like, a pair of shocking baby blues. There was no oh, yeah. reason to, yep. like, go splitsies on it. It just makes him look... It, it, like, doesn't work. Like, the two piercing, like, businessman, they would have been so much better, but yeah. they just felt the need to give him one brown eye and one blue eye, which they use in a dialogue later. Yeah. This is one line that's real bad. Uh, yeah. So, he, uh, the, the security, I guess the lead manager, uh, Davina, and the security guy, they exchange pleasantries with the vip uh it comes out in dialogue that he lost a lot of money to the casino last time he was here but now he plans to turn that around dun 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 um, <laughs> he's back so to evil, p- but he's the bad guy in everything he's ever in so you know he's yeah. the baddie he's one of those guys of that you've seen him in movies is. yeah um paul and maya are back in their hotel room paul is angry that they gave him a rollaway because i guess they didn't he didn't get a double queen or whatever um, they talk about shit. Maya is dressed up in her swimsuit and she's going to go out to the pool, but Paul says no. Um, it's weirdly sexist about it again. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, it's like a very, and it's like a really conservative one piece, too. Like, it's completely oh. ridiculous for him to flip out about it. So, of course, he flips out about it. And, yeah, it's like Yo. super weirdly, <laughs> like, sexist. Like, it's not... It's more hateable than... you Again... There His was, daughter's the best character. Yeah, they were the trying to go person. for the overprotecting father, but it came out creepy. Yep. Oh, it just oh, comes out everything as a huge does. asshole. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, well, I'm going to go walk around then. And Paul's like, okay, well, if you're going out, you got to keep your knife and your flare and your Walkman and your walkie-talkies and your flashlight. And, like, he starts listing a whole bunch of, like, things. And she makes the note, like, I'm going to be, like, a SWAT unit out there or something. But, of course, for Paul, security is a serious thing. And she eventually says whatever because she just wants to leave him. Um, back to Sofal, the VIP, uh, he's in like a penthouse suite and he has a bunch of people around him and these people are all heisters. It is very Ocean's Eleven. They are unpacking shit to get ready for a heist. And And the room, by the way, has a massive window with a really obvious green screen behind it because (laughs) they could not be bothered to like film this at the same time of day. And by the way, by the way, remember that this, uh, room that they're in is on like the top it's at least like 20 or 30 stories off the ground because this comes in later and this pissed me off when they did it but later (laughs) um yeah so like you got this there's this one hacker guy um who's like i guess his right hand man he has this elite laptop it opens up in like seven screens and it has all the green text flowing and they got (laughs) schematics so bad by the way like it's really awful cg get get used to the cg yeah um one of the things that actually did make me laugh not even because it was a joke um a hotel clerk comes in 
the room and he's like, I heard there was a noise complaint in here. And all the people in the room get their guns like behind their back ready to shoot this motherfucker. But I was laughing because this is Boss Rutan. And Boss Rutan cannot <laughs> act. I mean, he's a, he's a great MMA fight guy if you're into that sort of shit. But it was just fucking funny to see Boss Rutan walk into this room. But uh, he's undercover and this becomes a thing later. Um, anyway. And, yeah. It, the thing is, they're like, the, the way they're trying to play it is, is like, as if his friends and fellow heist mates do not recognize him because he's in like a different outfit with uh, like a hat. And it's like, nah, man. You're boss <laughs> like, you, you can't hide. Like, oh, you, are, you are the whitest person in this hotel by like nine inches. Like, like you would be able to pick up. To any two people in this building and put them in a dumpster. You can't hide with a suit, man. <laughs> yeah, so we cut back to uh, Paul. He's uh, walking around the uh, casino floor and he sees people playing craps. So he goes up to a table. It's very obvious Paul does not know how to play craps. He even says so. And so, like, someone at the table starts saying, like, oh, you got to bet on this and bet on that and bet on that. And Paul's just well, like, the, the guy's just calling the, the numbers and he puts them down. Like yeah, so Paul, one. yeah, Paul drops like three or four hundred dollars, like in this scene, just randomly, and um, he doesn't also know. Like, I guess he gets he gets pressured and clearly has a gambling problem because this is not the first time this has occurred. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also funny because I guess he's never been a casino because when you start dropping money like that, you get free drinks, and he doesn't know that, so he tries to order free root beers for the table, and it's stupid because Paul doesn't drink. That's again a joke from the first movie. Uh, anyway, Paul loses all of his money and everybody at the table calls him an idiot because they've ruined their luck streak or something. And there's a scene of him just downing a root beer in one go, which I guess is kind of impressive because like it was a big mug. But, it's- but it just holds on it. And by the way, this is the only Vegas joke in the entire movie. Yeah, it's the yep. only gambling joke. Yep. Like, only Vegas in general. I mean, I guess there's, like, mini kiss, but that's about it, you know? Look, look, <laughs> look. Kevin James and Adam Sandler wanted to go to Vegas. And they were going to write. They wanted to be able to make a tax write-offable. They, by they literally got they a literally credit, did, by the yeah. way. They got the first tax credit. For Nevada film yeah. stuff. Yeah. Also, there's definitely, they got some money I from love. the wins for doing this, mm-hmm. but... God actually, damn, I love capitalism. They actually do film in the hotel. It is no, they the, do. the yeah. first film. It is in the wind. The first film this guy allowed them to film in that hotel. It's so oh, really? <laughs> yes. I'm glad the most capitalist movie of all time is no longer Food Fight and is, in fact, Paul Bart Malkatu. <laughs> yep. Um, so, what, what am I trying to say here? Uh, so, he leaves the casino room and goes out and like just randomly sees Maya talking with the valet Lane, the guy Lane again. Oh no. And he gets super jealous and of course he tries some sneaking BS like he hides behind a uh, uh, chauffeur carrying some luggage and like a I don't know, wedding person. Oh, like he really badly this sneaks around. So unfunny and it goes on for like 5 minutes. Yeah. It's just so unfunny. Yeah, so Lane eventually is like, isn't that your dad? And Maya is super embarrassed. She goes over and basically tells him to fuck off. Um, Paul is upset about this because, like, oh, I can't believe my daughter told me to leave. But then we meet a great character by the name of Saul Gundermutt. (laughs) I have his name in caps everywhere in the script because his name is Gundermutt. And I swear that Kevin James and Adam (laughs) Sandler's greatest writing skill is making up stupid names for characters. (laughs) Paul Saul Gundermutt. I would watch The Buddy (laughs) Cop. Uh, by the way, yeah. I also have to say that Saul Gundermutt has Hihachi's hair. Like, it's the yeah. weird gray spiked all the way back to the crown. Like, I don't know how to Where describe it. Where it's like, 
Well, balding, but all the way, so that they've just got the power donut around yeah. the outside. But it's not even a power donut. Like they have like just a like, pound of gel in that hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's like it's like a power donut that you let grow to like four inches long and spiked up. It's the most insane hair. But uh, Sal Gundermutt is an overweight ball cob, much like Paul. Um, he greets Paul. Uh, he says, "Like, listen, like, I guess he's the head of the security conference thing pulled together, so he's like a big name." Um, he tells Paul, like, listen, I got you a table tonight. And Paul, like, kind of lets it slip. It's like, oh, so you know who the keynote speaker is, Wink? And it's, like, some other guy. And so Paul's kind of devastated oh. by this. Because he's stupid as fuck. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, no absolutely. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, this other guy is doing it. And, oh, there they are. Of course, they happen to be just there. So Saul introduces him to these two other sleazy guys. I didn't get their names. They don't matter. Doesn't um, worry. These, they're, like, think, like, Jersey rat kind of no offense to you Jersey ice in the chat here, but it's, it's a played up stereotype. Um, and they start shit talking. Paul's like, listen, you keep bringing up that thing from seven years ago. It's not important anymore. And so Paul is getting emasculated like he does. Um, while he's getting yelled at by these two guys, he gets distracted, like almost ADHD style Ooh. by a Segway. Segway? <laughs> it's really stupid. And so the sleazy guy's like, oh, you like the Segways. I hear you're pretty good. And so we get, I guess, the first joke sequence of this movie again. It's Paul getting on a Segway and doing SegwayTricks.mp4. And this was a joke from the first movie that Paul is... But it's not as good as when they did it in the first movie. (laughs) And it wasn't wasn't good when they did it in the first movie. Like the first SegwayTricks. Yeah, the first movie, it was at least like, it was like a mixtape of his hottest stunts. And like, in retrospect, that's pretty funny compared to... Asshole steals the Segway. Guy running the Segway stand repeatedly says, Hey, please, sir, I need your license if you're going to do that. Please, sir. Sir, for insurance reasons, I need your... Sir. And Paul Blart just repeatedly, like, riding around and being like, Oh, I don't need a license. Here's my license. I'm a security guard. That's what I do. A Paul Blart! And the, uh, yeah, and the guy's just like... Sir, please, you're being fucking ridiculous. And by the way, he's doing this in front of Maya and Lane, who are just watching yes. horrified. Yeah. The scene goes on for like a minute and a half of him doing these really terrible Segway tricks. And it's obvious that Paul Bart is not very good at the Segway to begin with. Sorry, Kevin James is not very good, the actor. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. that's the other thing. Since it's not the mixtape, it's like he had to get all the moves in one recording. So they yeah. decided instead of moves, just wiggle a lot. Like, yeah. just wiggles. It's not a good move. It's not entertaining for anyone. Oh, yeah, it was clearly shot at once. Just be like, yep, yeah, cut it, burn it, done. Shot I really it's wish done. they would just put him on a hoverboard and make him eat shit. <laughs> like, that would be just so, right? Like, just the thought of it's funny. Like, damn. So, the punchline of this scene is that Paul is doing Segway tricks. He backs out into the, like, rotunda where the cars are and almost gets hit by a truck. And he's, like, panicking. He's like, hey, hey, I didn't get hit by a truck. Backs up and gets hit by a car. Um... I found it funny that he gets hit by, like, this Mercedes convertible, and the guy would have been screaming his ass off at Paul, but instead (laughs) he just kind of stands there. Yeah. Um, This is when I finished my first beer, by the way. They managed to make a a large man getting hit by a car at roughly two out of five to three out of five speed, you know, and it wasn't funny. And no. I don't know how, like, it, it, like that's that's a classic YouTube video. You could upload a YouTube oh, yeah. video of a large man on a Segway getting hit lightly by a car, just enough where you're like, oh, oh no, but then you, you know he's fine. <laughs> yeah, man getting and, hit by car is, like, going to be a criteria collection thing in the future for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, like, that's, like, two billion views free, and Paul Blart 
and Kevin James Awful. managed not to make it fun. Like it's so bad because he just kind of like crumples. Like it's just not good. Yeah, so we got to cut to him in the hotel room laying on the bed. Um, he's kind of injured, although he's kind of downplaying it. Um, Maya's like, are you okay? And he's like, it's not me that's injured, it's my ego. And uh, he says that it's not so much him getting hit by the car as it is that he's not giving the keynote like he thought. Um, Maya is fed up with him, and she's like, listen, I'm going to take a bath or something. I'm not going to the keynote. Uh, I just want to relax. By the way, this was the point where we got bored enough that we started talking about how the movie was shot. And this was literally shot in a hotel room. Oh, yeah. Where you can't fit a camera rig or a lighting rig. Yeah. And it looks terrible. There's another scene later on of them doing it in a hotel bathroom, and it's awful. Yeah. And it's literally a hotel bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Paul eventually goes out. I guess the convention is having this pool party get together meet and greet thing. Um, Paul is talking to Gundermutt and those sleazy guys and the Mall of America lady, and they're all just like swapping Paul like mall stories, mall Paul stories. Uh, there's some bad jokes in here. One of the sleazy guys asks if Paul has a belt dude that he talks to for belts. Um, I don't remember any of this, like any of these jokes, but. I guess we were that checked out by this point. I remember the... Con- oh, no. Like, we'll, I'll mention it later. But there was a point in this film where I just ceased to be. And had to rewind <laughs> the film. Yeah. Yeah, so they have some dumb jokes. There's a weird guy who hugs people. Who knows? They eventually like, oh, the convention's open, so let's go in. And, like, the first part of this convention, it's like a security tech show. Uh, like, an industry show. And so, like, we see Paul and his buddies, I guess, walking around, taking a look at all the sweet small cop security gear they can buy. Like, there's this grenade launcher that shoots out sticky gum stuff to incapacitate people. Uh, there's a marble launcher, which is make it so people can't run away. There's a shitty taser. It's, it's fucking Chekhov's gun central in here. Yep. Yeah. Also, none of this would be effective or legal. Like, yeah. especially <laughs> the marble launcher. Like, the marble launcher would be So many horrible. lawsuits. What yeah, a like, taser you could... that's only five seconds at a time. Yeah, that's uh, not how tasers work. That's, no. Yeah. Also, Funny joke, the, <laughs> the glue launcher, which is... It seems like that's the most obvious thing that would break in the universe. And guess what? You're fucking right. Also, it's the worst CGI goo. I will get to the CGI goo. I have things to say about that. (laughs) So Saul Gundermutt uh, is like, listen, Paul, I got something I'm going to show tomorrow at the keynote. But since you're a friend of mine and uh, you like gyro vehicles, I guess you see it. So Paul goes and looks behind this curtain. And we, the viewer, don't see it. But Paul's just staring at this thing dumbstruck by it. It is the most disappointing vehicle, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's very obvious what it is. This thing gets like fucking 15 seconds of screen time later. Um, We cut to Maya. Uh, She's in the bathtub or whatever. She just took a bath and uh, she's looking at the UCL letter longingly because she doesn't know if she wants to tell her father. Uh, She gets a text message from Lane saying, hey, there's a pool party or something. So she gets and ready to go to that. There's an interstitial cut here of the heisters doing some Ocean Eleven shit. Who cares? Um, yeah, like someone yeah. just getting distracted and someone else scanning a thing for data, and yeah, it's it you know generic. Someone putting a USB drive into a plant. Yeah, it's establishing their <laughs> heisting. That's it. Um, back at the tech show, a guy gives Paul Blart like a beanbag gun, and Paul Blart like can't hit any of the targets they have. Like they have like a beanbag gun range, and Paul Blart can't hit anything. Um, for whatever reason, the security guy, Eduardo, shows up here. I guess yeah, like mm-hmm. he felt that this 
Paul was an idiot and he needed to go emasculate him because he starts, like, he introduces himself. Paul starts mansplaining this dude, like, his job. And then Eduardo, like, picks up the beanbag gun and just, like, fucking shoots all the targets straight down. And here is, I believe, one of the, you know, biggest crucial flaws in the logic behind the writing of the film of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, which is um, having a hateable character uh, get harassed by another hateable character (laughs) doesn't make the first character good or someone I empathize with. It just means two shitty people are being shitty in front of me. And it's like if I went to, like, McDonald's at 5 a.m. on a college campus, you know? Like, I'd really rather not. Also, they're not drunk, so there's no chance they'll even, like, fall over and make me laugh. Which is so bad. Yeah, so this scene, Eduardo starts saying that, like, Paul's not a real dude. You can't handle a real gun. Uh, You guard Cinnabons and cell phones and whatever. Uh, Man, matter. I could guard a I fucking have, Cinnabon right I now. <laughs> have, I have a tiny weird complaint about that scene. And it's that he starts talking about how the guys are in purple jackets, but they're clearly blue. Maybe Paul's colorblind. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I was just like, but they're blue. My, my dude, you're going on about how these purple jackets, but they're blue. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to talk about how, like, the color of the coat is relative to the rank of the person. Yeah. And it's just, like, No, they picked Paul. up a different fucking jacket. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right? No one cares. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah. So there's another quick edit interstitial of uh, more Ocean's Eleven heisting crap. Who cares? Uh, Paul goes back to his room. Uh, he sees that Maya isn't there, but there's still, like, water in the tub. Because, like, I guess he she just left because she wasn't taking a bath or whatever. And he freaks the fuck out. She finished and got a call from a boy and went to go be a teen with a boy on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Like, good. Yeah, but he freaks the fuck out because he thinks she's been kidnapped or something, calls security. Uh, We see that Maya is, in fact, fine talking at the pool pool with Lane, talking about UCLA. Um, There's a joke here that Lane got his GED the third time. Ha ha, he's dumb or something. (laughs) Yeah. Maya notices that she missed the call and she's like, listen, I got to go do this. So she leaves and goes to call her father back. Meanwhile, back at the hotel room, Eduardo and some cops have showed up to help Paul. They start asking him questions like, well, do you have any money? Would someone want to kidnap her for money? And he's like, no. It's like, well, are you a big person, a VIP? And he's like, no. And it's like, well, are you important at all? And it's, they're just making Paul look like an emasculated loser again, which is half yeah, the joke. Like, well, could it, could it be like a like an angry ex-wife or or like is it is maybe like a wife no girlfriend no anyone <laughs> no it's yeah um yeah so Paul tries like listen we need to set a perimeter and look at the security cameras and figure out and what happens like, and then the the people are reasonably like we don't file missing persons reports until they've been missing for at least twenty four hours so like chill and he's just like no I don't want to chill and surprising no one. The correct answer was for him to fucking chill. <laughs> yeah, because Maya calls him up on the phone and he takes the call and he's like, oh, okay, I'll call you back. And then he has to explain that, yeah, she's not missing and everybody leaves. And so Eduardo gives him, like, the stare and it's obvious they hate each other now. Uh, and this is when Blart, after being told down by all these idiots, notices the UCLA, UCLA letter in, she like, left the robe. in the bathroom. In the yeah. bathroom, yeah. So, in what may be one of the most difficult scenes to watch, uh, we cut to her in a fancy restaurant because they were going to have dinner. Uh, Paul comes in, 
and this immediately starts going off at her like why didn't you tell me where you were going you didn't call me and she thinks he's overreacting which he most certainly is uh, he's like why are why were you lying to me about where you went why didn't you tell me about this letter and uh she's kind of taken aback because she wasn't ready to confront him yet I, I noted that I thought it felt like uh, he was trying to do like a phoenix, right? Like, take that and like show her the letter and stuff. But then he literally afterwards, he was like, well, you know, I want to go and I think I should, you know, go because it's a chance it's for success UCLA. and all that. And he literally just screams, oh, overruled, Paul, Judge Paul is in court. And I was like, man, you made me think of Phoenix right. And then you made me pissed. Like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they have and some. my note. Oh, My note here is Paul doesn't want to lose his surrogate mommy. Uh, what a fucking creep. And I, does everyone agree that <laughs> yeah. that's what this is? Oh, like, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some verbal sparring here. He makes a bad joke about smog with earthquake flakes. I remember that being terrible and groaning. Um, she eventually gets fed up and makes a big scene and leaves in a huff. And he's like, you can't leave me. And then she leaves and he's like, eh, and runs after her and embarrasses himself. And then the scene ends. Yeah. Oh, thank God his daughter has officially cracked, is the note I have. <laughs> yeah. As well as, like, at one point she says, I know you've been through a lot lately, but then I have the note of, it was six years ago. Like, Jesus, this girl is forgiving. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there is, like, again, they wrote the kindest, gentlest character on the planet and made Paul fucking break her. Like, it's a dual yep. character study of the perfect kid who managed to get into, U- you know, UCLA despite her awful <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's the nicest kid pinned against the worst guy. <laughs> it's so awful. Ugh. So Paul goes and, then, uh, and uh, chases her. He runs into Saul Gundermutt again, who introduces his wife, who is Anna Gasteyer, because I guess she needed work. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm looking for my daughter. And he's like, oh, our daughter just went off to college. And they t- start talking about how it's so lonely in their house without their daughter around. And they miss her daughter. And this is like depressing Paul, like, greatly watching listening to them and it depressed me too this is another um, scene where we don't remember the content because all we were talking about is how all the camera shots were really stationary yeah they did like a b <laughs> camera for this and like they didn't yeah. need to they could have made it dynamic especially because they were like in this like mall rotundra area of the casino yeah. which was like a good backdrop they could have made it interesting but it is, but, it's just nope. so static shot we're, shot we're, we're ignoring <laughs> everything they're saying and going wow this is shot Again, so badly th- this feels like they were trying to speed run making a film. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I mean, I have the note here, Paul is lonely, I get it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they have him walk around in a very sad music scene, which again, they're trying to make us empathize, but I have the note, I'm glad he's sad, he should feel regret, <laughs> asshole. One of, the only, one of the only places I could compliment the director of photography on the film was the shot of him coming up the escalator. He's coming up this escalator in slow motion, while like everybody next to him in the other escalators are in fast motion, which I thought was an okay shot. But yeah, he just does a mopey montage of him walking oh. around Vegas. Um... We get a scene, and then we go to a bar, right? And we see we see Almost. Paul Clark. Not yet, not no, yet. No, but, not not yet. Not yeah. We have to establish what the actual stakes are, which is we get a scene of the heisters doing heist stuff in the room, and it comes to reveal that their main target is a Van Gogh painting. They're stealing the, the a bunch of art. Most recognizable Van Gogh painting. Yeah, they're they're stealing stealing a bunch of art, but the Van Gogh is what they're after, really. Um, and we see that Sofol is talking to his second in command dude. They're talking about something that's changed with security. Well, what are our options? Option B, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. And the, the only reason I bring this up is because like they want to talk to this other guy on the inside. And that's in a scene later, so whatever. Uh, Paul is walking around. He's sad by a pool. 
And the sleazy guy from earlier is super drunk and hitting on this woman that doesn't want to be there. Um, Yo, so what up? This scene fucking sucks. Yeah, this is the worst scene in the film. Yeah. You think this is the worst one in the movie? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... Maybe the last scene for a different reason, but, um... Yeah, so Paul sees this drunk asshole hitting on this woman, so he's like, officer in distress, and so he goes and wingmans to this, and he's like, listen, my professional opinion, this guy is great, he does a good job at the mall he works at, and it's He's not that drunk as the guy's, like, wobbling back and forth and falling down. Yeah, it's super insulting, because the woman warms up to the dude. Yeah, like, she even, like, directly states when Paul first walks up, she's like, this drunk guy is hitting on me, and I'd rather he not, and I told him no, and he will not leave. And Paul's response is not, oh, I'm so sorry, let me get my friend the fuck out of here, which is the correct answer is, I'm so, you know, like, I'm very sorry. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, I'm sorry. Instead, instead, he's just like, no, he's not that drunk. He's a cool guy. I think you should give him a Let's chance. Let's de-escalate and then she's just the situation. Like, and really, of course, it really because it's just like, Woms, you were wrong. This guy is awesome, and you, sh- you should like fuck him. Like, <laughs> and yeah. since this movie is a fantasy for fuckers, much like the Adam Sandler <laughs> film Pixels. Uh, it, you know, yeah, she turns around on it and is like, mm, perhaps I am persuaded, despite five scenes ago him being like, I want to attack you with slut-seeking missiles, Wah! which is an actual line <laughs> yeah. in Pixels, by the way. So, moving on. Yeah, so the scene thankfully ends with the sleazy guy passing the fuck out. Um, she was right. She was right. Yeah. We cut to the sleazy guy passed out on a couch in some, like, break room. Sal Gundermutt is like, he was the keynote speaker. What are we going to do now? And, like, Saul's wife is kind of giving the eyes to him to say Paul should do it, but he doesn't want to. But eventually, Paul gets the keynote. Like, this scene is just him establishing he's going to do the keynote speech. Uh, Paul is ecstatic about this, so he tries to call Maya, but she doesn't answer because she's at a party with Lane. Um, Paul's psyching himself up or something. Um, there's a scene of Davina, who's the manager of the hotel, uh, she comes and is like, listen, I'm giving you your uniform and I'm just doing this personally to tell you that, listen, I am not into you. I do not like it. And I'm sorry about earlier for any mistakes. It, it, it was badly written, too, because at first it was like, you know, like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, that was a you know mistake. That was a misinterpretation. You know, like just being professional. Like I have right here, like, why would you cast an attractive woman just trying to be professional and have her be the bad person against baby man Paul Blart? <laughs> Especially <laughs> given your target demographic. Like, Who are you rooting you think, for here? You think they're gonna be against her? Like, she's just doing her job. <laughs> she's just trying to be a decent person. Paul Blart as usual, fucks it up. Fucking yeah, so... Creepo. Yeah, he tries to, like, tip her and she's like, returns like on the manager. I don't take tips. And... And Paul's like, listen, I know you're trying to make advances and all that. And Paul's a huge ass. It's, oh. And she's just like, no, I'm really not. Like, please fuck off. And then he's just like, well, then if you're not into me, why are you sweating? And it's like, because she's mad. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she wipes her upper lip and it's like, oh, maybe I am into him. Which is uh, the precipice to the uh, worst turn. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Paul's in this room trying to psych himself up to the speech. He does... He dances, and I use that in heavy air quotes. Um, he freaks Kevin out. Kevin James is wiggling again. Yeah, it's scenes of him wiggling in a break room. Uh, he decides he needs to go outside and get some air. So he goes to a patio. There's some like guy playing a piano there. It's a really nice patio. There's a stork or a crane or something out some just sort walking of around. Fancy bird. Big, big ass bird, yeah. Yeah. And so like it starts kind of walking up the pole. Paul's like, go away. And like the bird starts beep, getting beep. upset. 
And yeah, my note is cool bird, Paul, be cool to bird, followed by Paul is a cocksucker to this bird, shocking no one, and then please get fucked up by bird, and then nature inherently senses the darkness of Paul's soul, this is the bird that kills him. <laughs> my, and, my notes say they start fighting to piano music, there goes beer too. Uh, <laughs> this is Paul, the sort of and, thing that's like, no one thinks this is funny, but like, Someone says, well, a kid's going to think it's really funny, so it gets put up into the film, and nobody enjoys yeah, any of it. There's a scene of Paul on his back on the grass, throttling this bird with one hand and punching it in the face with the other. And this, like, the bird-like puppet is really terrible. It's, oh my god. The only uh, redeeming quality of this is it reminded me of the very good uh, I Unlocked Goose Howard uh, video, <laughs> where yeah. a man in a boat is attacked by a goose, and they have a put in Goose video. Howard quotes. <laughs> So it's just like, predictable, too easy. Like, that is a I very good video. <laughs> With your blood. Yeah, uh, you cannot avoid long death. Yeah, but regardless, <laughs> um, I just would really rather be listening to uh, King of Fighters' very good quotes yeah. Yeah, than this. Um, so we cut back. Paul is fine now. He's about to go on to uh, give his speech. Um, he calls up Maya because he wants her to show up on the speech because he's really proud of it and everything. But she's at the party with Lane and misses the calls because they're having a party in some room or whatever. Saul Gundermit goes up to the podium, introduces Paul. Uh, Paul tries breaking the ice with some jokes, but nobody laughs, including me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, this was, this was, um, so I laughed once during this entire film and I giggled twice. <laughs> and when I, by giggle, I mean, hmm, like that. Okay, yeah. like, giggle, hmm, just like a quick right. little, like, hmm, hmm. Um, and it was uh, when he goes to deliver his jokes, uh, he bumps his face into the mic like a fucking idiot. Yeah. And, like that yeah. kind of made me giggle because it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's someone who's awful at this. Like that. It's like they, okay, they try I've to do it. some mic- microphone comedy in this kid's movie. And, and it just lo- yeah. it makes just makes the film seem cheaper though. It really does because you're like, is this actually a joke or are <laughs> they, they just this, this bad microphones? You know. But, but like the microphone bump made me giggle enough that I was just like, you know, maybe Noted. Kevin James secretly is very funny, um, but is <laughs> but Sorry, it's just like decided said so far. <laughs> I know, right? Like it was just in the back of my brain. Like I was so desperately searching for a reason for the universe to have allowed this to exist. <laughs> like. Like, I'm an atheist, but even I am having some, like, spiritual graspings because of this film. And uh, I, I would love if there was, like, a JCVD film, like, for oh, John claude Van Damme, where he was, like, an incredible actor out of nowhere. And it was like, wow, he was actually super talented the whole time. I just imagine, like, In Bruges, but a little less spoilers for In Bruges, if you haven't seen it. It's a very good movie you should watch. Less kid murder. Uh, <laughs> just, I think that, that with Kevin James could be pretty good but you know uh i'm probably wrong (laughs) (laughs) probably uh paul gart starts giving a speech um about not being appreciated for the work he's doing is like every day you get up and put on your shoes and no one appreciates you and this starts resonating with the crowd um it's kind of a pep talk rally so whatever maya at the party checks her voicemail like she finally gets to a bathroom or whatever where she can check the voicemail and hear it uh paul is saying that he's doing the keynote and he wants her to be there uh she leaves to go find paul but gets lost and she walks into the heister suite and she never leaves the hotel room yeah. at any point like it's the presidential suite like the top floor and yet somehow she walks right into the where the heist 
Yeah, so earlier the heister guy, like the Sofol, wanted to see like the guy who fucked up and like pulled a gun. And this is the scene of him like interrogating this dude. Is that why he's in there? Yeah, that's why he's in there. We were so confused. We were so confused. We we saw that guy and we knew he was one of the security guys with the the suave one. And we were like, who is this guy? Yeah. We had no idea. Yeah, she walks into It's amazing how many characters this film introduces and then does almost nothing. Literally nothing with. So she sees a bunch of shit she shouldn't be seeing. Um, the guard or the heist guys see her. She runs off and she gets chased. And um, gentle reader, the plot has just started and we are halfway through this movie. Yeah. Yes. The halfway point of this movie is right here and the plot finally found it. So, <laughs> um, so she is repeatedly calling Paul. He's ignoring it yeah, over he, and over he's, and like, over. He's giving the speech and he keeps muting the phone on his belt because he's busy. I mean, I guess that's fair. But um, at a certain point, at the tenth one, three times, you maybe yeah. need to answer. Yeah, and you could just be like, "Excuse me, my daughter has not stopped calling." I think that's reasonable. Yeah, well, that was the whole point of the scene um, because he's talking about like, "Listen, you have to help people that need help." And like, as this, yeah. like, she's panicking. She locked herself in a bathroom to get away from the heist guy, and she's like frantically calling him several times. I do, however, have the note here. Uh, the guy asleep at the shitty speech owns and is me. <laughs> one guy in the cr- like everyone else is like standing ovation and cheering, and there's one motherfucker just asleep. And that guy, I identify strongly with. <laughs> um, in the back of the room, by the way, while he's giving the speech, is Devena, uh, Devena, whatever her name is, the manager and the security guy, Eduardo. Um, they're watching Paul give this, and she is actually kind of appreciating the speech. And Eduardo is obviously just thinks it's BS, and he's over it. Um, so Paul eventually ends his speech to a handing, standing ovation. The crowd loves it. Bad Boys plays here. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the only licensed song they could get. Yeah. Paul eventually so bad. answers his phone um, and realizes that Maya is freaking out. They have a miscommunication for a bit because Paul's like, listen, I gave the best speech ever. And she's like, I'm about to get shot. And so eventually... And the thing, too, the thing that sucks is, like, she literally is like, there is a man chasing me with a gun, he's about to shoot me in the head. And she's just like, Paul's like, I think you're overreacting a little bit, so just calm down, I've seen this kind of thing before. And then the guy kicks in the fucking door and is like, I'm going to shoot you in the head with this gun. And then Paul's like, uh-oh, guess I misread the situation. I'm the worst guy, I don't trust the one good character in this movie. Damn it. He's so awful. He's so shitty in this movie. So Paul goes and leaps into action, uh, figuratively. Uh, (laughs) Soful eventually goes into the room where his henchman guy has found Maya. Uh, He takes the phone and he starts talking to Paul. Paul's like, Paul starts doing this shit that Paul did in the first movie where he's very stupid and gives away like who he is and his relationship to her and what he's going to do. And Soful's like, I don't need to know who you are. You already told me. Ha ha ha. And he tells Paul, like, listen, don't try finding your daughter. Don't try tracking this phone. If you do, she's dead. Um, Paul's like, well, listen, buddy, you don't know the world of shit that's about to happen to you. And then he has hypoglycemia and eats shit falling down and maybe the only good physical comedy in the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, he actually looks like he eats shit in this scene. He eats shit. Yeah, yeah. he face face down on that ground. I don't know, like the whole thing, the setup just being he has a health condition. But, yes. No, oh, no, don't get me wrong. Itself. The joke yeah. of, him, of them using hypoglycemia for the joke is terrible. It's bad. But the yeah. fact that he fell face first and like ate shit it was fine. Is, yes. Yeah, it still is Kevin James getting hurt, which at this point, 
I it's feel not like, like the, it's a malice sort it's of deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Lane wanted to give Maya back at the party. Lane wanted to give Maya some like gift he got for her. So he also uh, wanders in. Yeah, he also wanders into the heist situation. And by this point, like fool me once, I think the heisters may have locked the door at this point. But right? <laughs> whatever. So they get so the heisters pick up lane two, and the Sofal's like, "Listen, this position's compromised. We have to move location." So they're moving someplace else. Um, Paul Finally. meanwhile wakes himself up in like Man, the casino. And he, hey, everybody. <sighs> Content warning, excruciating scene. Uh, <laughs> it is yeah. one of the most uncomfortable to watch scenes. I've, I have watched Tampopo, which is a great foreign film, multiple times. There is a scene where people in a very sexual manner pass around a raw egg, and it's very awkward and uncomfortable the first time I mean, you like, see I've it. seen um, like Girl and the Dragon tattoo. Would, yeah, it's uh, this scene goes up there. <laughs> This scene is just so fucking uncomfortable and gross. Like, imagine an old man just kind of with no teeth left, just kind of slapping his gums for 35 seconds. Yeah. And like zooming in closer and closer. I will paint for you a tableau of this scene. (laughs) Paul is passed out in a rotundra in the casino. He wakes up looking for sugar, kind of groaning. Uh, A couple feet away, there is a man playing with his cell phone while a kid is, like, over his chest, like, holding onto an ice cream cone, which is dripping onto the floor behind him. Paul's like, I need to get sugar. So he kind of, like, wiggle crawls his way over to where the guy is standing and positions himself on his back, face up, while the ice cream drips down. And we see a shot from above Paul, like, looking straight down at his fat fucking face, as the strawberry ice cream just starts to gently slap itself across his face, oh, dripping into his mouth. And as the he foley! He has mouth open with his tongue wiggling around as he's trying to get the sweet sugar into his mouth in what someone on Twitter quoted as blart cocky. Um, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I immediately, upon seeing this scene... Uh, felt the need to record it and put a Brazzers logo over the top of it <laughs> I have to no- give you a concept of what kind of situation it looks for. like. I have the note like, here. I rewatched this. Man. It goes on for 35 seconds. Yep. Oh, yeah, Hold it. Longer. Hold on it longer. Hold on it longer. Oh, God. Like, I imagine one of the most painful things you could do to somebody is it, like, plays that scene once. And then it splits into four copies of the scene, all desynced <laughs> by like one second, and then like sixteen copies all desynced by one second. So you get this desynced like sloppy blart. The slow. That's a, that's definitely a sex move. The sloppy blart. The sloppy blart. I know exactly what it is now. This is a PG podcast, so I won't go into it. But use your imagination on what happened in the previous scene. Um, eventually, Paul Blart gets enough sugar. Uh, he stands himself up and starts going off to find his daughter. Uh, Maya and Lane are in the heister's room as they're packing up and they see the Van Gogh. Uh, so Maya puts two and two together and realizes that's what they're doing. Uh, Blart is sneaking around the VIP lounge badly. Uh, he eventually made his way up to the presidential suite or whatever, but uh, they're no longer there. Um, the heisters lock Maya and Lane in some other room that they have moved to. Um, so this is really fucking stupid. The heisters are in one room. Maya and Lane are locked in, I guess what they call like a, a conjoined room. You know, like the room where there's a door between the two rooms. But yeah. somehow yeah. the heisters did it so they're locked in. Like none of the <laughs> doors open to the outside. It's whatever. 
Which is not a thing no. in any building, by and the by way. By the like, way, if I must... it is a public building up to code, yeah. that would be the most fire code illegal shit on the planet. <laughs> and, and by the way, they are still multiple stories above the ground. This is important for later. Um, Lane is like, what are we going to do? Well, we should, where are we going to sit here or whatever? And he eventually, man, is like, what the fuck are you holding? And it's the gift that he was going to give her, which is a snow globe. Whatever. Shameful. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a gift. It was like, oh, I went to the gift shop and it was this or some other. Yeah. It's, it's, it's used, it was this or sunblock. It's used in MacGyver shit yeah. later or whatever. Um, Paul is sneaking around the presidential suite. He finds the mace that uh, Maya had dropped on the ground earlier. And so it's like, oh, this is where she was. And then he hears someone coming into the room. So Paul gets in like this like karate stance and fucking gives her Folks. the most dreadful strafe. <laughs> Folks, this is the this first is joke. The movie. <laughs> this is the thing that made me laugh. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this is the one laugh in this movie. Um, so he gets in this karate stance and just does is, this powerful straight right into this old woman housekeeper, and she just doubles yeah, over. Yeah, just this this old lady takes just a right straight directly to the gut, and the thing is, she's okay afterwards. Um, and also, she sells the shit out of it. No, yeah, uh, yeah. And she's the best actor in the film. All of her twenty seconds, she's very funny. Yeah, like. Paul's just like, oh my god, are you okay? And she's like, it's okay, it takes my focus off the arthritis. And it's like, legit, <laughs> really good. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, props to that actress, she sold the scene on it. I, I think my favorite joke in this whole movie, out of, you know, the two, was <laughs> um, where as he's like walking away and running away, she like leans her head back and yells right at the end. She's just like, do you want to down service? And he's just like, no, from the other room. It's the, oh man, yeah. like, oh, this pained old lady just rolling around on the ground, being very cordial and sweet. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. If this was in the middle of, say, airplane, I think it would be like a pretty low tier joke. Yeah. But... In the, in, in the pain of Paul Blart. Because this is like in the desert of in, Las right? Vegas. Yeah. And Paul Blart. We're like 40 or 50 minutes in now. We're, yeah. No, we are over halfway are through the yeah. runtime. Yeah, 40, 50, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So after this joke, Paul's trying to help her up or whatever, and he notices there was a strange nail screw thing on the ground. It, I guess somehow he puts two and two together and realizes it's for packing things, but he goes to the front desk and tries to get information about who was in the hotel suite. And Davina is there, the manager. She so, says that's illegal. Yeah. So he's like, who's in the hotel suite? You need to tell me. He's like, well, we don't do this. It's confidential. And then, like, she's like, oh, my God, I hate this fucking scene. She says she can't do it. And he also says, like, listen, I don't like you. But, like, he's like, well, you're acting like you like me or something. You're breathing hard. And she's like, okay, I'll do it for you. And it's super obvious right now that, like, she's having a turn and, like, loves him. Yeah. And, and the worst part is he's doing like some real pickup artisty shit yeah, of just being like he's like I can see you're perspirating and you've got extra pheromones, man. Yeah, it's like it really just sucks so, so bad. fucking it's bad. So, bad. Yeah. so it's, it's just it's validating his previous ones that like, you're so into me. She's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, like, that's she's, I'll she's get, he never him. gets any comeuppance. I, I have words about this at the end, but uh, <laughs> yep. continuing on. <laughs> Uh, she gives him, like, oh, yeah, it's for some guy. He books all of his rooms through his company. He uh, does shipping or something. And Paul's like, oh, shipping. I'm going to the shipping where he runs off. So 
Paul runs outside to the front, tries to get on one of his segways that were out there from the beginning when he was doing segway tricks at MP4, notices there's no keys, and then like does some MacGyver bullshit where he makes a key out of some paper clips and a rubber band. And then there's this needlessly complicated scene where he's opening up a Hershey's Kiss, and it looks like it has something to do Physical with the key he's making. comedy. But he just eats the Hershey Kiss. But the scene goes on for like 45 seconds. So it's so weird. Yeah. So back up in the suite, Maya and Lane are trapped. She's trying to get the door open, and uh, Maya's like, listen, if we don't do anything, they're going to kill us, whatever. Paul is segueing around looking for shipping crates. I guess he was just able to go back to the loading docks in the Mirage because whatever. Um, he's looking at these docks. He eventually finds the crates that match the name that uh, the lady gave him earlier. And this dude named Myrtle shows up. This dude looks like the saddest sack of shit. Uh, <laughs> I try and do this joke about... His name is spelled weird because it's like M-Y-R-H-T-A-L or something. And he's like, Myrtle, like turtle. And Paul's like, yeah, or like hurdle. And that's a joke, I guess. They they deliver it as if it's comedy, which is bizarre. (laughs) It would be like someone very funnily explaining to you that you have a terminal illness. (laughs) It's it's not good. So the Myrtle guy. That's the tagline of the film, you know, trying to be comedy. Someone comedically explaining you have a terminal disease. Paul Blart. Blart. So the Myrtle guy's like, what are you doing back here? And Paul kind of lies his way in the saying, well, I'm from internal shipping affairs. I'm here to do an audit. They they try to make a joke about how fake this is, but it goes on for too long, like every other one. And then the guy believes it. So it, again, doesn't play well. Yeah, so the... The joke for this scene is that, like, oh, can I eat my lunch while this happens? Paul's like, whatever. He starts asking the dude questions, and while he's asking the dude questions, this dude is eating the blackest banana. Like, this thing is, like, 20 days ripe. I I feel like this is something where Adam Sandler just rolled up into the office and was like, do a scene about... About a guy eating a stupid thing. And everyone told him, like, well, no. And then he's like, no, do it. It's going to be funny as hell. I love your Adam Sandler This sort of thing happens in every Adam Sandler movie. It does. Everybody, it's me, Adam Sandler, doing my Adam Sandler voice. I'm here with the black banana. It's going to be really funny. to eat it. Yumma, yumma, water boy. Yeah, this is where I got beer three. Um. But, like, the thing for me is just, like, a banana that's, like, overripe a little bit is, like, just a little sweet and not that bad. And this yeah. one's, like, a little bit past it, but still it's, like, I was, like, you I mean, it's that. a little, this is it's, a, like, it's a little gross, yeah, but it's you can gross, eat that but this and is, be like, fine. perfectly fine for, like, banana nut bread or something. Yeah, like, you can still just eat that. It's fine. And Paul's just like, oh, I've got to barf. I've got to blow chunks. And it's like, dude, it's calm down, you baby. <laughs> yeah, so the guy eventually lets it slip that uh, tells Paul that it was from the presidential suite. And they get the crate open. And Paul sees the art inside. And uh, he's about to take it because he's like, oh, if this is what they're going to be shipping, this is obviously important. If I take it, I can use it for whatever. Uh, this is when Boss Rutten shows up. Uh, Boss Rutten pulls the gun on Blart. Blart, like, they're standing, like, three feet away from each other. Like, Boss Rutten could have just shot this guy, but Blart does, like, squirming on the Segway and then hits him in the shins and drives off. Yeah, it's so weird, because it's just, like, he just wiggles in front of him but doesn't actually get out of the way of the gun. 
and then like lightly bumps him in the Dude. shins. Boss Rutten, a man who has <laughs> Boss Rutten is probably like 6'2 taken two and like two seventy muscle. It's <laughs> this is the man who has probably received like leg kicks from a man who has devoted his entire life to, to being kicks, good yeah. at leg kicks. Boss yeah. Rutten has <laughs> people's heads in on the ground, and I've watched these savage pride fight matches. Boss Rutten would destroy Kevin James. So <laughs> yeah, like it would, like it, it would be a war like, crime. <laughs> <laughs> a little Segway bump at like 0.5 miles an hour, he would just be like, fuck are you doing? And shoot him in the head. Like, just <laughs> yeah, so Boss Rutten calls into the Soulful, the Heister boss. Uh, Soulful says, kill Paul Blart. So I'm going to inject, because this was the second bit. This was the second bit we laughed at. The second and final part of the film we <laughs> laughed at uh, was when he called in and then the bad guy was like, yeah, get the radio, and he just fucking underthrows the radio and tosses it over and he crabs out with the air. And we were just like, alright, that's quite funny. Oh, Better I physical comedy I, than Kevin James has done. I think the note I put for that was just like, that throw was tight. Yeah. I was like, yo, nice throw. It was sort of funny <laughs> in a meta way yeah, in the yeah. sense that like, that was a two second scene that these two guys probably practiced because they were like, hey, we can make a kind of funny joke here of like, what if we toss the radio funny? And it actually works and the, nothing yeah. else in this film works. No. Because we like, they're ah, actual that actors funny. that prepped for a scene yeah. and tried yeah. to do yeah. something. Yeah. And then after this scene, oh my God, we this see next the scene one that... Furious it at. made me angry. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. It made you angry too. And the laughter like, died right there. For some fucking reason, they decide to go from like somewhat grounded in reality, the most big finger quotes shit. movie, to Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. it's a fucking Looney Tunes. Okay. Like I, I, I could see Yosemite Sam in this. Let me, let, let me tell you what's going on here in this I scene go. here. So, Paul, <laughs> segueing into the casino mall area, sees bulletproof luggage. I. First, when I saw this, I was like, okay, maybe he's going to wear the luggage as a bulletproof vest. Maybe that could be funny. funny. Oh, yeah, that like, would be could, funny. Yeah, like split it in half and yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, like a sandwich like, board Maybe have something. some yeah. guy be like, be like, what are you, a big bad Beetleborg? And he could be like, I'm a big bad Blartborg. And yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Already you ad-libbed a better joke. <laughs> I know. I know I'm funnier than Paul Blart Mulcott, too. That's not a compliment. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> so, Boss Rutten... <sighs> comes running in, sees Paul Segway, and he shoots it, which is kind of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was um, kind of good. He looks up to his left, and at the top of a flight of stairs, there is a single piece of luggage, the luggage Paul was looking at. We get a cut of Paul in the luggage, like the it, internal unquote, shot yes. of the luggage. And I thought, okay, maybe he's hiding in the mall show exhibit, and he put the luggage at the top of the stairs as a diversion or something. But no, he's actually in the luggage at the top and of the stairs, and he starts I, squirming, and the luggage starts moving. My note here is, in no universe would he fit in that. Yeah, well, yeah. Which oh, is yeah. absolutely yeah. correct. Like it, It's like luggage that I would not fit in, even slightly, <laughs> and I think I'm smaller overall than Kevin James. Yeah. <laughs> like it is, it, no. It's just, oh so, my god. Like, so this boss investigates the luggage, because it's squirming. And like this he gets up to the top like, of the stairs. Th- luggage, by the way, sorry. This is luggage like you would be able to get on a plane. Like hard yeah, 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 luggage. luggage. Yeah. Not like, this bags. isn't like a super big luggage. This is just no. like a little average roller bag. And they cut to the the thing. Okay, the thing that makes me so mad about it is All they do it. this stupid prop internal shot where wow. it's like supposed to be him in the luggage. 
and there's so much room. Like, and he doesn't like, even fit in the no. prop bit that they have. His leg's sticking out. Yep. Yeah, but this, yeah, that's not even like, like the plausibility of him fitting the luggage is not the thing that infuriated me about this scene. <laughs> no, no, no. But me, it's just it's the way they do the awfully lit internal shot of this prop luggage that looks like shit, and then they cut out, and it looks like shit, and then they cut back no. in, and it looks like shit, and then I remember I'm watching Paul Blart, and it's all garbage. <laughs> yeah. So Paul Blart <laughs> starts walking up the stairs, and the luggage starts jiggling, and he realizes that Paul. Is in the luggage, so he starts shooting the luggage. But of course, it's bulletproof, like it said on the sign earlier. So okay, it says no. it's bulletproof, but then it cuts to the internal shot, and it's making holes. <laughs> you know how it. you make holes? I don't know. When shit goes through shit. And the other thing is, if Boss Rutten did shoot this fucking thing, even if it was bulletproof, if Kevin James was in there and packed to the point where it was like Akira flesh floating out of a stadium, <laughs> like levels of tight in there, he would be shot every single time. Like yeah. even if it did resist the bullets, it would still fucking hurt. That would be like being punched by roughly the energy of a bullet. Like, <laughs> so. So, Paul, jiggling in this thing, starts falling down the stairs. Boss Rutten sees this coming. The luggage bounces in a way which smacks Boss Rutten in the head, like knocking him down. Paul continues to fly down the stairs, through a plate glass window, down two stories into a pool that's outside a patio bar, whatever. It, it The scene doesn't track at all. No. Yes. No. And so... It shows Paul inside the suitcase, which has bullet holes and water's flooding. And he's like, oh, no, I've got to drown. And then Boss Rutten gets up and then looks at this guy drowning in a pool in luggage downstairs where people should be watching this but aren't. And, like, and he calls into his boss. He's like, yeah, Paul Blart is dead. I'm a good guy. Again, <sighs> luggage filled with Kevin James being thrown off of, like, what, like 20th story something? And not the 20th into... story, but like he fell two or three stories Enough. into water. into a fountain in the middle of public with the shot having people nearby like this would be a thing you would notice this would be on the news we're talking six o'clock news now like this this is like some motherfucker deciding to go over niagara in a barrel but (laughs) off a building in suitcase (laughs) (laughs) so uh, paul is drowning uh he gets called the boss calls in says he's dead Paul, unfortunately, is not dead. He burst out of the water kind of like Shawshank Redemption, I think, is what they were going for here. But, oh, man, I was so angry at the scene. Yeah. Um, Paul walks inside into the casino, and he's very wet. A security guard comes up and is like, listen, uh, you can't be in here wet. We ask that you dry off. Let me go get you a towel. Please follow me. Paul follows him for a couple feet and is like, oh, you're not a real security guard. I know that uniform. It was made 14 years ago and it hasn't have the right brass buttons on it because they went. Like they try and have him do like a Phoenix Wright style yeah. like yeah. deposition of just smart, like, actually. well, that's a contradiction because your bu- your fucking button there is made out of this old metal that was damaging to the environment. So they banned the use of it in 1980 and you have to be at least 18 to become, you know, a security guard. So that means that it wasn't made until at least 1970 and there's there's no way you're old enough, so you just bought that uniform. Yeah, and, so, and then the guy's like, yeah, sure, yeah, you got me, dude, whatever. Yeah, and then he just pulls out a gun and points it at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually kind of funny that the way, like, he's fishmecking out at this dude and, like, yeah. he, he just casually pulls the gun on Plark. So Paul tries to headbutt him and, like, he misses. And he's like, oh, uh, okay, well, you saw through that. And he tries to headbutt him a second time. And the fake guard is just like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, okay, I won't do that again. And he does it a third time. And it wasn't funny the first two times. I don't know what I went for it the third time. And it's gone, like, 
almost a minute now of this one gag trying to happen. Is, is this a callback to one? The headbutt thing? No. I can't think, no, it doesn't no. happen. They never did no. any headbutts in the first one. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, they did do a headbutt in the first one when he got out of the ball pit. Oh, right. But that wasn't but like, no, it wasn't not- a big deal. No, it's not like a callback. It's just they tried to do a joke and it was not good. Like, it's Paul's incompetent. But, again, it's just watching a guy kind of awkwardly whiff at air yeah. as another exactly. man goes, it, it was just like, we do Sir. it so much. I'm like, is, was, is, have, it, you know, is we were saying a this running thing? It's just a running thing where you can't handle a people. Lot of this, I tell, oh. A lot of this film feels like watching a very sick man with illusions of grandeur like to the point where a criminal psychologist would probably use that when they for, were for acquittal on, on charges it. of insanity yeah exactly like he is that out of his mind with the idea that he's greater than he is it's crazy <laughs> so two real guards come up to confront see what the fuck is going on Paul runs the fuck off. Fake guard's like, oh, I was trying to detain him. He's obviously drunk. And the other guy's like, well, why don't you go get him? Which, by the way, this leads me to a point I just kind of want to say as an aside. Uh, I don't know if any of the three of you have been to Vegas casinos, but they are the most controlled fucking environments on Earth. <laughs> if, like, for yes. example, the earlier scene where Paul passed out, passed out from hypoglycemia, there would be hotel people there within 30 seconds. Uh, there is a lot of money and a lot of alcohol flying yeah. around, yep. as well as a lot of uh, drugs in the background and a lot of <laughs> a lot of folks trying to yeah. do some so, like, shady if Paul shit. Paul were like, to go yeah. like the earlier scene with the luggage falling down the stairs, there would be fucking security dudes all over the goddamn place. Yeah. He would have called the mob yeah. squad like, by now. Yeah, like this next scene, he runs into the middle of a show that's going on into yeah. the back. Yeah. 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 No, he literally would have been tackled and brought down yeah, within yeah. 30 seconds by 17 people. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, oh, it's awful. Yeah, so this next scene is um, infuriating too. Paul is being <laughs> chased by the fake security guard who's working for the heisters. Um, he breaks into some like performers section of the sh- whatever. We hear a scene of like Circus Soleil doing their like water aerobics, like dancing number with acrobatics. It's a Circus Soleil show. He grabs like some angel wings and just wanders yeah. on the stage. Yep. He's still in his full Paul Mall cop uniform. Paul Mall, <laughs> where a certain mall cop congregates. I have it in my notes Paul is dancing fucking shit. Uh, yeah. It- so like the stage is pretty neat actually. Is the oh, thing yeah, it's a like cool the show. So this it's half of cool this movie really fu- functions as an ad for the win. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Cool stage shows you can see at the win. Yeah, and like the stage rooms. is legit like a really neat piece of architecture where it's like a multi-part stage that's built in rings that are able to submerge rise in the water. And sink. And have, yeah, water underneath them, and they can have a fountain come yeah, out the like top. Yeah, there's, like, trapeze dudes like, up above. It's great. It looks real nice. Like, I'd like I was to see like, it. yo, let's, yeah, make this, like, a, a sequence in, like, the next Yakuza game. Like, that would be <laughs> tight. Like, fighting in the middle of that? Oh, that'd be dope as hell. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes Unfortunately, on. Unfortunately, it's in Paul Bart Malka. <laughs> yeah, so he goes on the stage, and, like, he realizes he's on stage, and, like, he doesn't know what to do. And he starts, like, dancing, trying to blend in, but he's a fat guy doing nothing. So, it's whatever. People in the if audience. Speaking of security guards, would have been on him. <laughs> yep. Like he would have been dragged off the stage immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the fake security guard also gets on the stage because he's still trying to get Paul. Like all, like he could have just stood off stage and shot Paul, but for whatever reason, he feels the need to go on the stage. Whatever. <laughs> um, 
there is a scene of him, he's fucking up the show, but he ends up like in, incidentally kicking the fake security guard into the water and the crowd's loving he it. He also kicks everyone out and this was the point where we were like, oh, they oh, should have yeah. played the Wilhelm scream We were there. expecting the Wilhelm scream. I, I mean, I mentioned, I'm like, there's And that was when point. we were, that was when we knew it was coming. It's the Wilhelm scream comes later, yeah. 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 and it's Well, that's so what I'm saying, because it wasn't here. Screen. Yeah. We were yeah. like, he kicked all those guys from the water. Like, why didn't they play it? Everyone knows And then we're like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So he beats up the fake security guard. The crowd loves it because the crowd's filled with a bunch of his uh, security guard friends and they all think it's great. Um, he eventually runs off back into the prop room. The fake guard is still after Paul. And so this is where we get the call back to his electric fork. <sighs> Paul is hiding from the security guard because he has a gun. Paul sees a bow and arrow. And this is like a toy bow yeah. for a child. Like yep. with like Fakest fishing line for the stream. The yeah, like... Yeah. I'm talking like we have maybe two pounds of draw on Nerf this whole system. Have stronger yeah. Yeah. Nerf guns, yeah. guns, yeah. So he finds this bow and arrow. He pulls a cable, like a live wire, out of a like an electric box. box. Yeah. And he's yeah, dripping he just, like, wet, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he, he is soaking wet. He would have electrocuted himself <laughs> and, immediately. And he just takes the wire and jams the back of the fork into it. And yeah. then... Like leans over and without not like at first I thought he was uh, pulling out a knife to like put a notch in this thing so that he could actually fire it out of a bow and arrow. I don't, yeah, I know, don't get the schematics because he puts a wire yeah, into a fork and pulls it like an arrow. It makes no sense. And he just pull, yeah, he just pulls it back and is like holding the fork to the side, and that's not how bow and arrows no. work. They do in fact have to be gripped to the string somehow <laughs> and then release. Like you have to knock it somehow. So um, I have in my notes. Yeah. Uh, Paul fires at the guy, it electrocutes him, and uh, he has it, like, a line. jabs into his chest and lights him on fire, even though it's not connected to the cable anymore. Like, it was just supercharged. <laughs> he charged it's it up. So, uh, so Paul gives the one-liner, it looks like we've come to a fork in the road. Uh, so oh, I hate that scene. I hate it. I hate it so, bad. so much. Yeah, Paul goes over to the knocked out guy. He took the guy's pulse like he wants to like convince the audience right, that he's not right. dead. Not dead. Non-lethal. Yeah. Dude, my truck! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a better joke than everything in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, my truck is funnier than all this shit. Yeah. Um, Paul swaps, so... Paul swaps the radio that's on the fake guard with one of his own and then also, like, steals a radio. I don't know what the radio situation, but, like, he can hear in what they're doing now. There's a scene of him also air-drying himself with a giant fan. Like, he turns on this big, like, five-foot fan and stands in front of it to dry himself off. Physical Yeah, but he flies backwards. He looks like an idiot. Um, Paul runs back out to the mall floor. He starts snooping and listening in on the radio and discovers that, like, they start talking to each other, the heisters, and realizes that they're after art and, like, he figures out what their next art-stealing location is going to be. How, how does he do that? Because so was just like, suddenly he's just like, oh. it's okay, like so art. So I'm what's like, happening here? No, it was, he, he picked up the radio and he's doing an impression of one of the guards yeah, he's and everyone is so goddamn here. stupid that they fall for it. Yeah, he does an impression right. of okay. boss So they tell him they're after the art? Yeah, literally. Like, like, he just, like, banged like, his head against a middle, painting. It's basically, it's a call between two people, like, on an old-style, like, landline phone, and Paul Blart just picked up the other receiver in the house and was just like, hello, it's me, Boss Rutten, where are we, can you remind yeah. me where we're having the meeting for crime again? And he's just <laughs> like, of course, here you are. Yeah. <laughs> here is where we will be stealing the art. Yeah. 
Because I was just like, he's just, he's just like, they're stealing the art. I'm like, Paul, what, how, how did you do that? Yeah. Buddy, buddy. So. Art, all right. Apparently he's uh, a genius. Um, where, where the fuck were we? They're after the art, Paul gets their locations, um. Paul eventually goes to where they are doing the swapping of the art and stuff, but Boss Rutten sees him. There's a scene of Paul running into a plate glass window. It's not right, funny. Hold up. Important note about this scene, because there was something that was so fucked up that it, like, bugged the shit out of me. The ADR, or, like, the, 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 you know, the, the uh, automated yes. dialogue replacement. Yeah. yeah, the audio. So, like... Normally in film, you know, you don't actually get the, you know, the audio from the actors when they're performing. Depending you dub scene, it in yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah particularly yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're far yeah, away from a mic. Yeah, explaining for, you know, for any listeners who are, don't know what ADR is. Um, <laughs> and he slams into the glass and the camera's on the other side of the glass, which I think also makes it like way worse because mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense that you'd be able to hear him clearly. Mm-hmm. But it literally sounds like... Kevin James is just standing roughly five inches from your face saying, oof, that one really hurt. <laughs> it's so, it's Kevin so James fucking awful. Somewhere. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, we get a shot of the lead hacker guy. He's like, it's time to steal the Van Gogh. It's going to take me 20 minutes and because obviously we need some stakes involved now. Um, Paul is running away from Boss Rutten and he runs into the room with the stork there and the bird starts getting all pissy at him. Uh he does a goof where, like, Boss sees him run into this room, so Boss runs into the room too, but he runs out and traps Boss Rutten into the room with the stork. I have in my notes Boss Rutten would totally destroy a fucking stork, bang, 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 right in the liver. <laughs> now I am watching the Boss Rutten Street Defense video with a link. I had to take a break because I was very angry. If you, By the way, if you've um, never seen this video, Google Boss Rutten Street Defense video. Um, it's it's, it's fucking good. so great. Amazing. It's a great watch. Um, and so another thing that happened here that almost made me laugh, like it internally made me think, oh, that could be funny. That was a joke. But it didn't maybe. make me laugh was um, after he locked him in the room, uh, you know, the, the new video game Hitman, like the most recent ones. <laughs> yeah. So they have like Hitman. a sting when you successfully do your assassinations <laughs> where like there's like swelling music that's like, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and they have a very similar one right when Kevin James locks the man in with <laughs> the, the stork. stork. Yeah. And I kind of was stork like, okay, death. that's almost fun. Like, yeah, like it's just like the stupidest, most slapstick ass. Sw- you know what? Honestly, it probably just made me remember Hitman, which is a very funny video game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so Boss Ruin, or not Boss Ruin, Paul Blart is trying to get someplace. I, he's trying to go back to where the art is or whatever. He gets in an elevator, and uh, this elevator is filled with four uh, little people that are dressed up as the Kiss Band. And this is the callback that I mentioned earlier about ah, the Kiss you get baby it? cover it's band. It's funny because we said a word. Um, he asked them if they played Beth. They say no. This is supposed to be funny. He leaves. Um, Back in the suite, Maya and Lane MacGyver up a way to get out of the room. They, like, shock the door that goes out to the patio. Um, This patio is connected to the patio that the heisters are in, so they spy on Sofal and his heister people. Um, They are getting a helicopter ready to leave Las Vegas. And they also, like, one of the guys, the heister people, is eating an oatmeal cookie. Would and you like this oatmeal oh, yeah. cookie? It was like yeah. a grab bag thing from the hotel. It's like, would you like this oatmeal cookie from this yeah, duty bag? Yeah, like, no, I am the, very the, allergic. <laughs> so, yeah, ba- yeah. Basically, it's just the big boss man like goes, what are you eating? And he's like, oh, it's just an oatmeal cookie. They're delicious. And he's like, don't you know? I'm incredibly allergic <laughs> to oatmeal. It's my one weakness. Deathly allergic. <laughs> it's so bad. 
And so the guy's like, oh, so he does what any sane person do to get rid of an oatmeal cookie and goes outside to throw it off the balcony, uh, which makes Maya and Lane run back to their room. Back in the hotel, Paul decides to buy a phantom quadcopter because, you know, they're pretty fun to play with. It, it does this loving shot of the box on this lovely presentation, and it's like, hmm, that's subtle yeah, product yeah, placement. Yeah, you know, Hey, look. Hey, look. So, hey, it's me, Adam. Or, sorry. <clears throat> hey, it's me, Adam Sandler again. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to do a vacation with my buddies, and, uh, you know, we just wanted a little quadcopter, so I called a guy, and, you know, <laughs> my movie for 30 seconds <laughs> it's, a complete, it, no, it's a complete tax write-off it's it's great oh, yeah. he gets to bring that home those yeah, kids yeah. so <laughs> maya and lane are back in their room that they were okay I, there's two problems with this scene that i really hate <laughs> first off uh maya and lane go back into the room um they're like we need to escape and get out of here so they start uh, she has a knife that paul told her to bring earlier and starts ripping up bed sheets so she can rappel down the side of the suite to get out of the place First problem, they lock themselves back in. I don't know how they're going to get back out of the door. Second problem, yeah. they're about three or four, at least four stories above the ground. They are Probably repelling more. down this. Maya is not the most athletically inclined teenager, and Lane looks lanky and probably couldn't do two or three push-ups. So I don't know how they repelled down the side of the presidential suite. Plus, also, this goes back the into the previous... would not hold. Yeah, sheets like, wouldn't hold. Sheets. Two teenagers. Yeah, and this also goes back to the previous problem is if they tried this bullshit, security would be on their ass immediately. Yeah. Another six o'clock news moment. Yeah, yeah they would have like cameras, like like these two teenagers Helicopters. down the side of a hotel. Like. Yeah. Additionally, if- like at least in the first Paul Blart film, and Jesus, another time when this movie does the impossible and makes me compliment <laughs> the first movie, yeah. Paul Blart one. Uh, <laughs> they at least it's like a big national incident. The shit that's happening, like the whole terrorist attack on the mall, and everybody's locked down. Like the sheriff's department's out there, the media's out there, and shit. Like it makes sense that people would show up for something this wild. This one, they just act like somehow it slipped through everything, no which again noticed. is way more yeah. unbelievable. Got a couple the last one, it was like. The last one, it was a shitty podunk mall just in the middle of some, you know, random town, whatever. Sure, yeah, they could be as slow on the response. This is fucking This Vegas. is like the fucking biggest Vegas. Yeah, like, no. And there's also so many other things that, like, they could have done to get the attention of the authorities in the situation. First off, there's phones in their room. <laughs> Secondly, yeah. light a fire. Set off the fire alarms. I mean, if they're smart enough to MacGyver themselves out into the patio, what's preventing them from pushing the fucking they, bed against the one door? She literally created, like, yeah, like, a little short circuit to, like, blow the door open. Just <laughs> use that, but on, like, some cotton. <laughs> like, maybe those bed sheets. Just light that shit on fire. I don't know. I mean, even earlier, when she was getting berated by her father for not bringing her security suite, he told her to bring a fucking torch. This is the... Okay. We gotta keep going. Uh, Paul... Paul gets his, uh... <laughs> God damn it. This cannot continue. Uh, so... Hacker guy is going to work on the Van Gogh, trying to get it out of, like, the casing. It's got, like, the sweet spy tools, and, like, he's working on it. Paul opens up the quadcopter, which is somehow charged, sits down on the casino floor next to a slot machine, and starts piloting the damn thing. He would get kicked out immediately for doing this. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing, but it's probably bad for the casino. And then after this... The guy, like, he's doing this so that, like, he can go spy on the guy who's doing the Van Gogh capture. I don't know if you've ever been around a quadcopter. They're fucking loud. Yeah. It's... 
Gotta have a quad Back cop outside, in Maya and Lane get captured by the heisters again. So that whole scene was completely pointless. I fucking hate this movie so much. The hacker guy says... Yeah, it's bad. But we haven't got to my favorite oh, part no, yet, we haven't so let's got, keep going. Everything that we've complained about so far does not make up for the back 30 minutes of this movie. It's worse. I love, the I hacker love guy scene. starts going on about he'll need yeah. five minutes to finish the hacking on the Van Gogh portrait or whatever. Paul makes his way to the convention floor and gears up in like a montage of him just putting on these non Steals all the stuff that we saw yeah, an hour ago. Stuff all the things. Comes back? What? Yeah, all the guns that they showed that were like, this is the glue cannon, like all that yeah, shit. Yeah, of course, yeah. again, he would get stopped from doing this. Um, Paul has the line, it's a bad day to be moves. bad people, he says, as he gets onto his monster segue with <laughs> Torque and Crash Bar. This is what it this was, thing it's just a segue so with a fucking cattle bar on the front of it. It's it looks like they just slapped a couple generic future shields on it. Yeah, it looks real dumb. Um, we see of Paul riding very steel-eyed off into the distance on his new segue, and Davina, the manager, watches him ride off, and she has a lady boner for him, and she's madly in love, and there's no god. I would like to, yeah. Kubo's exact notes here are: Davina sees him right off. She is madly in love with him, and no god exists. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's awful. It's so fucking. It's awful. so infuriating it, too oh. that the, this character does this turnabout like she does. That's all she this does. Actually, That's all she does. Is all she's there for is to be confirm his I, love. Yeah, and I'm pretty upset with myself that i'm a foremost expert on this but this is really common in the adam sandler verse in the yep. adam sandler yeah, cinematic yeah. universe well, I mean, it's, uh, was it's like a, a thing yeah and it was the thing in the king king of queens that as well obviously wife. but like yep. yeah 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 but like really insufferable shitty guy being a huge asshole who then you know gets the lady to turn around like in the uh, sandler verse film pixels um <laughs> again like he literally spends like he, he first is just some guy who's supposed to be installing a tv and then, like, she starts having a breakdown because she's just going through a divorce or something and starts drinking. And then he starts, like, hitting on her. And she's, like, telling her, uh, you know, telling him about all the stuff she went through. And then he, like, goes to kiss her and she freaks out reasonably. This random repair guy just, like, made a move. Uh, and then, like, he's just super pissed at her. And then, yeah, later on, she falls in love because it was her fault for not giving him what he deserved for listening to her talk about her problems. Like, it sucks so bad. Ah! And it's really common. Like, he straight up, like, starts doing, he literally does the, oh, I'm Adam Sandler voice as he says, like, <laughs> slut seeking missiles, pachoo, pachoo. Like, it's fucking awful and it's the same shit they do in this movie too yeah. where like he's a huge baby man who acts like a fucking wiener and then sure enough the super hot lady's just like oh actually it's good <laughs> not to belittle oh, your points it. but I want to finish this and because we've gone on longer <laughs> than the movie now yeah uh, yeah we officially <laughs> broke the line yeah <laughs> uh, where were we the heisters are by the pool um, they're trying to get their art back together to get it out of Vegas um, Paul is on a Segway and he gets this beanbag gun thing and starts shooting dudes into the pool. So he beanbags a guy into the face and the guy falls into the pool yeah. knocked out and he probably drowns. He's Non-lethal. <laughs> yeah. Paul beanbags two more guys, one of which into more pool water to drown. Um, the hacker guy has finished stealing the Van Gogh. Um, he puts it into some case and starts running off, but Paul like runs his Segway into him. The guy then pulls a switchblade, and Paul, despite the fact that he has, like, four tasers and three beanbag guns on him, uses a marble gun. 
But the Marvel gun does nothing, as you thought it would, it, watching it earlier. It's just kind of... Dr- they just dribble out it's of the little, front of the it's gun. It's supposed to be a joke, yeah. but it's just... They, Paul runs away from the switchblade. Again, he has multiple weapons, but whatever. He does the same slide gag they did in the first movie, where he tries to slide into cover, but this time I guess he goes too far instead of not far enough, and then kind of wiggles himself there. Yeah, we didn't know that was in the first nope. film either. I, I think that's a callback. Otherwise, callback. it's just an awful it joke. It definitely is. Callback, yeah. callback is very strong. I would say more rehash. Rehash, yeah. Yeah. Um, The guy tries to go up to stab Paul, but he gets tased because Paul is that taser. So, by the way, this is the taser they mentioned earlier that has like a five, five seconds. seconds. So the guy gets tased, falls over. Gets up five seconds later, tased, fall over. This goes on for the entirety of this minute and a half scene as this guy gets standing up and getting tased. And it could yeah. be a funny joke, but no one sells it at all. Yeah. And so it does this, it like ten times. Yeah, while Paul continuously tases and destroys this man's cardiovascular system, he gets on the walkie-talkie with Soulful and uh, tells him that the Van Gogh is Van Gone. And uh-huh. then, so Sofal's like, okay, what do you want? And they decide to do a swap. Paul's going to give him the art for his daughter back. Okay. Sure, whatever. Um, Soulful listens in on um, Paul, or sorry, Soulful's going to go collect Maya and Lane to do the swap, but he listens in on Maya and Lane talking about how pathetic his uh, Paul Ballard is. Like, she's like, my father is an idiot and he's lonely and he's not going to do anything. So Soulful uses this later. He waits so that he has a, he can do a one liner to go into the room on. Like, he opens the door and says he's one-liners. He was waiting for the two of them to say something that he could do something witty on. Yeah. And it's really (laughs) obvious they did it so they could do one-liners, too. Yeah. It's bad. So, we cut to this hallway. This is, like, a huge, like, convention center hallway. But, like, there's no one there. And this is where they're going to do the swap. Sure, whatever. And I want to mention, because this is really weird, the first half of this scene is entirely shot on green screen. Yeah. And it looks really, I, really awful. I don't know why they did that too, because they had the establishing because they have shot. The room. Yeah, like, well, they had the establishing shot of the room of them like doing like it almost was like good, bad, the ugly kind of like stare down, like yeah. standoff. And then the end of the scene is also actually in the room, so they must have had some reshoots or some shit to do that they just were like, "Fuck it, get a green screen." Yeah. At one okay. point, you even see his shadow on the green screen. <laughs> yeah. like yes, that back. happens several times. It's really funny. <laughs> So Sofal uh, starts talking about how pathetic Blart is. Uh, they start yelling about how crazy they are. And this is kind of where I checked out for this whole scene. They start yeah, ad-libbing these really insane things about what they're going to do I to each feel, other. I feel better because I was worried. I checked out a little while from now and I'll talk about it when we get there. But I thought I was like, I gave up too early. But I'm glad to know I was in <laughs> no, fact no, the we, last we, one to check out. We yeah. checked out <laughs> Yeah, so they start yelling about how crazy they are at each other, about, like, rats and blowtorches and spiders laying eggs inside each other. I don't know what they were going for. I, I think that a 10-year-old might actually find this funny, but that's about it. And well, to give you an idea, this is shot like... This is... How do I even describe this scene? This is shot extreme close on their faces with, like, a two-third profile. And they're, like, madly, like, intensely spittling at each other these lines. Yep. Yep. It's... So, Soulful, Paul eventually is like, okay, let's do the swap. He drops the Van Gogh he has on the ground and starts kicking it. And Soulful's like, just just pick the fucking thing up because he doesn't want it damaged. Then once he gets the art, he's like, well, actually, I'm not honoring the deal. You're a fucking idiot, Paul Bart. 
Paul's like, well, I thought you may do this, so I brought insurance. And his shitty friends, like these idiots, <laughs> Gundermutt and his fucking smarmy asshole passed out dude and the creepy guy who gets cousins, they're all there. And so, yep. like, they're not intimidating at all. I'm pretty sure me, myself, could take on all five of them in a 1v5. Like, I have no qualms this, about this. Uh, this is the scene, by the way, this and the battle that follows is where I experienced a minor ego death. Uh, I just... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> also... Like, I just... I remember this scene starting, and then it was after this scene, and I, I just was gone. I, ex- yeah. I achieved nothingness. Like, my body was present, but the soul of Ty Tuesday <laughs> ceased to be for the entirety of the Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 battle scene. The one fight scene. Because <laughs> so, comedies have to have a fight scene. Yeah. Like, I, literally, I literally had to roll back, like, ten minutes and watch this all again, because I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> it was yeah. just, like, it was really jarring. So, they all go behind Paul and try to back him up but they're not intimidating and plus Soulful and his men have guns so I don't know what they were going for then it reveals that Soulful's dudes like all the heisters they show up because Paul didn't knock him out because it was non-lethal so like it's Soulful and like 10 guys versus Paul and his 5 idiot friends (laughs) so there's a scene of them doing a slow motion charge at each other while Paul screams but he trips and falls and it's dumb uh, Maya tosses Paul a thing that says helipad. I don't know what it is, why it's there, other than to advance the fact that Paul needs to now go to the helipad, but whatever. Yeah. This fight scene starts, and I'm going to use fight scene very loosely <sighs> here because it's really more of an excuse for them to use really bad fight choreography for Paul's friends to knock out the heisters accidentally. That's yeah. right, to fill time. Also, yeah. this has the worst Wilhelm oh, scream yeah, yeah. Yes. I think I've ever so, seen in th- film. We knew it was coming, like, we knew it was and coming. We, we found it. It was like, yeah, ah, there it is. So th- the thing that's amazing is, it, like most Wilhelm screams, the way they're done is if someone's getting kicked off of a building or yeah. at least falling it has over. Like a falling situation. situation. For like example. Off exactly. a fountain, for example. Yeah. yeah. And this one instead was just someone slapped someone else on the face. No, it and was they did okay. a Wilhelm. So the deal is Paul and his four, Paul and four of the five of his buddies are fucking incompetent at fighting. Except for the lady, the Mall of America cop from the beginning of the movie, she actually like fights pretty well in the scene. And the Wilhelm screen happens when the Mall of America lady picks up a dude and chucks them into a vase. Yes. Like two feet over. Mm. Yeah. And- yeah, she like ah! straight deadlifts the guy into a vase, which I think is they could have it could have been funny. Like if the fact that like everybody was incompetent except for this like overweight woman who really just beats the shit out of people that could be she's funny. She's just invincible. Yeah. yeah, she's basically just strong style wrestling. Like she's just taking the yeah, hits and, they do, and just being like and nothing no about it. Yeah, they good. try to and make this into a scene them. later. Like this is one woman. This other lady tries to fight her, and this one lady is like very like Lilith and athletic. And she's, like, trying to do kung fu and shit. And, like, at one point, this one heister lady drop kicks the fat woman. The fat woman just stands there, takes it, no-sells it, and then picks up the lady and chucks her. And, and again, like, could be done well, could be done funny. Like, if the way they had framed it, all right, here, again, in the Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 revitalization project, <laughs> here's another contribution. 
Um, so like everyone on Paul Blart's team immediately gets knocked out because they're idiots, except for her. And then it starts playing some very strong music, like you know, Ultra Instinct theme or something. <laughs> and she just starts walking slowly down the the hallway, da-da, and everyone da-da, like da-da. comes at her swinging, and it's all in slow motion. And then she just blows them all up, just like one shots everybody yeah, and gets to good. the end. Like that would be so much funnier. Like that could be done so goddamn well, but instead it just sucks. Like sub three stooges <laughs> shit. Yeah, like for example, there's a scene of Gundermutt. Uh, he takes off his belt. Uh, so there's a guy coming at him with a switchblade, the guy from earlier. So Gundermutt takes off his belt because he was talking about belts earlier in the movie. And he starts like, you know, whipping the guy. And the guy's like, ugh. But then like he tries to whip the belt, but it gets caught on something. And like his pants fall down. But then he accidentally like trips and falls and a thing hits the guy. It's really, oh, it's bad. It's wacky comedy. And the thing is, like, I don't mind wacky kung fu comedy. I'm a huge fucking Jackie Chan fan, but, like, this is just not done well. Anything. No. Yeah. So, Paul gets himself out of this brawl and makes his way to the roof because that's where the helicopter, I guess, is going to be because that's what the thing that Maya threw him said. Um, Except that he is on the wrong roof. Um, (laughs) Oops. Yeah, somehow, like, they. Uh, Sofol and his and Maya and all the heisters on the roof of the wind, but he is on the mirage, which if you don't have never been to Vegas or like half a mile away from each other. Yeah. So Paul is on the roof. He has his binoculars like, shit, huh? I can't go to get over there in time. What am I going to do? So Eduardo, the manager or the, the security guy for the wind, I guess I don't know why he's on the wrong hotel. He barges in. <laughs> And immediately, instead of saying, I can help you, Paul Blart, he starts yelling about how he's stealing Davina from him. Like he's a jealous lover, a jealous Latin lover. Uh, and, and I got a couple questions about this. First off, even if like the, you, this is your lover and shit, like you have a job to do. Shouldn't you be seeing this heist shit going down? There's a brawl in your fucking casino. Nobody's <laughs> doing their job in this film. Including the filmmakers. <laughs> I have in my notes here... Eduardo barges in and starts yelling at Bart about stealing Davina. Some professional he is. There's been multiple fights, stolen shit at the hotel. Who fucking fucking wrote this movie? I, <laughs> I was getting very angry here. So Yeah, there's a scene later that I would very much like to... Uh, line 195, I would like to read all okay, of that's that fine. if possible. That's fine, yeah. Oh, I hate um, that scene. Yeah. I hate that scene. So Paul eventually gets through to him, gives him the binoculars, and says, like, listen, they're over there on the other roof. And so Sofol sees it and he's like, oh shit, we gotta stop them. So how will they get there in time? But, of course, the idiots from down below show up with a bunch of these con gadgets they got. Um, yeah, this is where I figured out that they were on the wrong fucking hotel roof because I was confused. They have a zipline right. gun. I don't know why a mall cop would need a fucking zipline gun, nor I know how a they... A zipline gun with, like, 4,000 line, 4, yeah, yeah. feet yeah. of lines. I don't know how they knew downstairs after the fight that they needed a zipline gun, how they were able to get to the conference for the steal the zipline gun... <laughs> whatever so there, they, there are a lot of lost items let's say they, they shoot the zip line from the from the mirage to the wind and in what may be the worst green screen scene in this <laughs> fucking movie paul Bart gets on the zip line and goes across the gap he is four or five hundred feet above the ground and this green screen like there was a knot in the line so he gets stuck halfway between the wind and the mirage 400 feet above the ground 
And the green screen is so bad here. It's so bad. Oh, it's, it's like supposed to be this tense scene of him bouncing up and down. I'm like, oh, you can hear how tense it was, how excited I am just yeah. talking about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and he's bouncing up and down, like trying to get over this knot. And it just looks so fucking stupid. Yeah, and of course, like, it the, looks. Yeah, the idiot friends are like, don't look down, Paul Blart. And they do a fucking Hitchcock shot of him looking down. So eventually, Paul gets over the knot in the roof. He slides off to the wind's roof and uh, falls down. Um, Maya sees There's him. There's a guy with a gun there uh, that yeah. we noticed in the shot, but who is Never he? shows up. Yeah, yeah. So on on the wind roof, the helicopter has landed. Soulful and the lead hacker guy are trying to load the shit up into the helicopter. Maya sees her father, runs off. Uh, Soulful gives chase with a gun to try to go capture her. I don't know why this matters. He has the art. He has his getaway chopper. Right? He should just leave. Why he does he want her? Why does he need insurance? I, against I think Paul maybe Bart? maybe it could be the fact that she knows what he looks like. But really, he would have shot her back in the hotel room fucking thirty minutes ago. Yeah. So here's yeah. So there's a tense. Uh, there's a the tense note scene. For the next scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one second. There's a tense scene of him like trying to sneak around the roof. Maya and Lance or Lane, sorry, are uh, trying to hide. <laughs> Go ahead, Ty. And then, and then uh, Sofal finds uh, Lane and Maya, but really, it's like like he walks up behind them and is like, "Ha, ah, gotcha!" And Paul, it, it turns around and it's Paul in a wig that he stole from Baby Kiss, which makes no sense. We saw all four of them in the elevator with their hair. Did Paul run back to the hotel at some point after knocking out all the heisters, but before he did the swap in order to get the hair, or did the Kiss Band give it to him in the hotel stairway on the way to the roof, or maybe one of his idiot friends took it earlier when they fuck shit piss ass, is what uh, Kubo's notes say. Yep. I'm sorry. This... <laughs> no, this it's scene. really awful. It's my my like... favorite part about this dumb shit is that the scene is set up. He sneaks up on them. It does a shot of what is clearly the two kids. Clearly the two of them with a checkered shirt shot, and everything. Reverse shot of Sofal going like, eh, eh. Reverse back. And it's just it's just Paul. Like, yeah, it might have disappeared during the fucking reverse shot, the second yeah, reverse he shot. He doesn't even have the checkered shirt. The kid still has his checkered shirt on. It's like... Yeah, how did this happen? Ow. And then it cuts to like a close-up of Soulful getting punched in the face by Paul. Yeah. It's yep. the worst fucking framing. So badly. So, so bad. Hacker guy, uh, Soulful's knocked out. He's like straight up on his back. Hacker guy shows up and is about to shoot Paul. Um, but what am I trying to say here? Paul, yeah. So Hacker guy's about to shoot Paul. Paul like 180 no-scopes him with that sticky gun launcher. And, like, it shows the hacker guy with his, like, arm against the wall behind him, like, uh, with this goo yeah. shit on. He can't move. It's, like, whatever. And the goo looks so oh. bad. Yeah, it looks like they got the insulation the foam or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Soful gets up, and Paul goes to shoot him with the goo gun, but the goo gun breaks. And I have to say, this CG looks like it was out of reboot in the fucking 2001, like the <laughs> early 2000s. Oh, it's yeah. super bad. It looks like Nickelodeon yeah, like the qual- level. The quality... The quality of the textures and the lighting legitimately is like of the level of those old like music videos. I can they download yeah. Blender and 90s. get you a better effect in about thirty minutes, never having used Blender in my life. They paid yeah. someone twenty dollars yeah. for this if at that, most. If that. I have the note here. I'm done with beer four. That looked so bad. Uh, <laughs> Soful, Soful's about to shoot Paul. But out of nowhere, the deus ex machina of Eduardo shows up because he ziplined himself across and uh, kicks Soful. 
Soulful then turns and shoots Eduardo in the shoulder or something because, of course, we can't kill him. Maya sees all this happen and she starts putting out oatmeal concealer on her hands and then runs up behind Soulful and starts rubbing it all over his face. So, so where did she get that? I, I, I don't know. It's not established. It is never, we actually went back and checked in the back. Oh, yeah, it's scene never. She never like, gets yeah, it. No. Everything, it's you know, just, we were like, maybe he mentions it. It's just assumed it. it's just there. that. She has oatmeal hand lotion, yep. I guess. Which, well, it's like the thing that, like, here's the thing: it wouldn't bug me if they didn't feel the need to fucking establish every single Everything. other item yeah, yeah, of yeah. any relevance in this film. It would have taken like, them a fucking ten second shot of her grabbing it from a hotel room earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. And we were like, like they did just, we miss that? They just didn't do that. No. Which again, like, if they hadn't been establishing stuff, sure, fine. But they've—that's all they do. Yeah. No. And yes. this is the climax of the movie. Yeah. She's like killing him with this allergic reaction. Oatmeal concealer. She just happened to have. Yeah. Speaking nowhere. of which, Maya fucking kills someone. Oh yeah. yeah she straight murders this dude. So like, it shows a shot of him re- writhing in pain, and like, there are huge like boils on his face now. Like he's super allergic. Like in a way that's almost insulting as the hypoglycemic stuff. Um. <laughs> So he's having this energetic breakout, and just Paul just headbutts him. He could have punched him or kicked him or something, but he headbutts him. Why not? Then there's a fisheye, very close. Like Paul leans into a fisheye shot of his face taking up the entire screen, and he goes, "Always bet on Blart." And it's at this point that I had to stand up and walk away from my computer. For three minutes. <laughs> So, Maya, we have our big reunion. Maya goes and hugs Blart. Blart starts the ending of this movie, which is a voiceover montage like the beginning. Um, We see Paul and Eduardo make up because Paul thought that Eduardo was in on it, but it wasn't, whatever. Paul offers him a job at a New Jersey mall, and he gets turned down because why the fuck would you move to New Jersey from Vegas? Um Paul Mar- meets Mr. Wynn, the actual Mr. Wynn of the Wynn Casinos. and gets a big wow. check for saving his art collection. Paul does it. <laughs> he hands a big check directly to Adam Sandler. Yeah, he does a big <laughs> wacky face. Um, so Paul Blart has money now. Now, this may be the most insulting thing about this entire movie. Yep. We get a scene of Davina coming up to Paul and confessing her love for him. He shuts her down and says that, like, in a very condescending way, saying, like, listen, if you love something, you need to let it go. I know that you may be loving me right now, but like, I don't want you to get hurt. And you you're just not in love, love with the me. mystery. Yeah. You just Danger. love the mystery is a line. He says yep. about Paul Blart himself. Again, the illusions of grandeur. So here's, okay, here's the thing. I feel like maybe <laughs> this is a little bit of Paul Blart lore. Cause in Paul Blart mall cop one, if you remember uh, his first marriage where he had his, his daughter, uh, was with a lady who had come up from uh, Mexico yeah. and yeah, who had just married him for a green card. So I think this is a callback to some of Paul Blart's like racial issues. I don't know if like, it's so much I racial issues. Got... I had in my notes here, he's trying to push her away because he doesn't want her to be hurt again, like Amy did in the first movie, because this is just like my anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> I mean,. I was trying to find a more rational reason that would work in the real world because there is zero oh. universes in which someone who looks like Kevin James would turn that woman down. No, 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 no. Yeah. This, this isn't the real world. This is Paul Blart Mall Blarp team. Yeah. But it's so yeah, I know Mar Bar Bar Plop, but like it's still like it's so <laughs> awful. It, 
it's one of those things of it just between that and the stupid luggage and the very final stupid CG in the film. Oh it's, my god! They, oh they boy. occasionally yeah. just go for like this dipshit slapstick that doesn't fit in at all. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul's like, listen, Eduardo's over there. He really loves you. You should go tell him you're you know a couple before before you saw and me. He's super fucking hot, unlike me. <laughs> fucking slob. He's hot. Yeah. Go with him. And so like they they do two really bad jokes here. The first off is they cut over to a shot of Eduardo sitting by himself crying and Paul's like wow he really is crying like Paul has never been emasculated himself before I don't know what they were doing there but the second thing is like she makes a joke about a Rocky Mountain steed and I put a picture on Twitter of Paul Bart just kind of going back and forth like he's on a horse and it looks awful (laughs) it's Anyway, she uh, kisses him and goes off to Eduardo, and then Paul's like, I've made a colossal mistake that made me think about Arrested Development, which is a far, far better written <laughs> show than much this. Show. <sighs> so we get another scene of Sal Gundermutt, which I still love that guy's Sal name. Sal Gundermutt. Yeah. This movie should have ended like three times by now, yeah. and it's still going to fail to end. Sal Gundermutt gives Paul an award for his achievement in service. The crowd cheers Paul for being great. Um, I have the note here. Wouldn't he be under FBI investigation for like the next three weeks? <sighs> yes. Hard cut to Maya on UCLA campus. Um, she is like, uh, oh, sorry. I went too early. Uh, Maya goes up to Paul and is like, listen, my dream is to be with you, Dad. But he's like, no, you're not going to be an idiot. You're going to UCLA. No, that's stupid. Yeah, I'm sorry. Stupid. dumb. I was dumb. Jumping the gun here. Which, by the way, first thing Paul has done correctly yeah, yeah. Yeah. in the, yeah. entire, the entire film. Movie. Yeah. Here it is at 128 out of 130 yeah. runtime or some shit. The most correct thing Paul Blart could have done is saying, get as far away from me as possible. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Yeah, so here's the hard cut. They're on UCLA campus. They hug. She goes off to meet some friends. Uh, Paul is visibly conflicted because his daughter is going off to college, but he's happy for her. Um, He goes to get in his car on the UCL campus, and then they play some, like, raunchy sax music, and he looks over, and there's this lady on a horse, like a horse cop. And um, he gets a boner for horse cop and almost gets hit by a car crossing the street trying to go talk to horse cop lady. He crosses the street. They have the, the most awful, awkward interaction here. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. goes across the street, says, hey, what's going on? Or whatever, the horse cop lady. I've got to give you a ticket for jaywalking. And he's like, oh, I don't need a ticket. I'm an officer of law. And she's just like, oh, don't worry. It's not a ticket. It's my phone number. And then, like, Paul says some stupid fucking awful one-liner and slaps a horse on the ass. And then what is the worst CGI oh my God, horse the CG. I think I've ever <laughs> seen? Um, like it has like a noodle leg that it, it also is Paul like sped off like weirdly fast for some reason. Yeah, yeah. That's and the only way you could show something like that in a PG. Yeah, film? And it hasn't like liquefied ragdolled it into the car because like they did some really bad like blurring effect of him getting slammed into the car across the street, and that's how they end the movie with Paul Ward yep, getting kicked joke. into a car. I think and, that was uh, in the trailer for this movie was him getting kicked into the car. I, I've definitely seen it before. Yeah. And uh, the credits, by the way, the music is just not good. No. It's just no, not I good. Music like, at any point. And, and it stops. Someone, the music stops every time there's a joke. The music drops dead. Here's what I'll say about Paul Lar Mall Cop 1. 
as much as overall it was not very good, there's at least some songs with some guitar riffs that kind of are bangers. Like Detroit Rock City, is, it's a good intro. Yeah, the only it's song fun. I can remember that they used in this was Bad Boys, and they used it for about 10 seconds, and like it wasn't even the point of the scene. There was yeah, some like, song that appeared in a bunch of ads, like, this is going to be the best day of my life shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was around everywhere around 2015, and I'm not surprised this film used it. Well, but that's it. Everything else was, like, generic. Yeah. My final note for the film on my notes was just, in summary, I laughed once and experienced a mild ego death once, so I guess that's what a zero out of five film really is. Because, <sighs> folks... It's so bad. Like this, I, this is so bad. I, I had heard people describe it before, like literally beginning to end like this, like multiple times. And uh, so I thought that would brace me for it properly. But like, no, when you're watching it on your own, trying to like focus and take notes and shit, it's fucking awful. So, it's it's like, it's a painful experience. Like it's an hour and a half that feels like Yeah, so here's hours. the thing. Like, like I watched Paul Bart Mall Cop like for this thing in one sitting. Fine. I had to take multiple breaks on this one because like it was terrible and like the thing that's really strange to me is by all means this movie in terms of its focus and production quality is far better than the first movie yet it's somehow far less funny and i mean like i guess like even though it's a 50 percent joke loss from two jokes the one joke it's, <laughs> it's still <laughs> baffling to me like this movie had far more money behind it than the first one did and yet it's less it's incredible to me that this it's, movie had any money behind it's it. It's so cheap. It's so cheap. They shot in a hotel bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Like, actually. Yes. But, like, you guys didn't see the first movie. They fucking shut down a mall for a weekend and filmed in it. That was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. So, God. yeah, I don't know if I'm more infuriated by, like, the leaps and logics of the slapstick, like the fucking falling down the stairs and luggage, or if I'm more infuriated by the Venus Hole character arc. Because that was like the oh, most... Oh, the Venus whole character arc. That was so yeah. like it's, it's the entire movie. The fact that it validates him, him that start being like, yeah. you're hitting on me, and she's like, no, I'm clearly not. But it validates him because clearly she was into him. Yeah, she apparently. wasn't until she was for the purposes of the plot. Yeah. And the thing and, is, you got to make sure that there's a fantasy for the demographic yeah. targeted, which is why at the end he also has his big, I'm not that into you, actually. Yeah. I'm turning you down. Yeah. Like that little power fantasy moment. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, I mean, from the realist, I, mean, I know I didn't have high expectations going to the Paul Blart, but, like, the leaps in no. logic this film makes you feel about how far detached from reality it is. Like the whole This was written in half a weekend. Yeah, the the whole deal with the fact that he was able to get away with all this shit in Vegas. Okay, yeah, I guess it's a movie, we can do that. But it comes down to like the characters being smart enough to do certain actions, but not smart enough to actually solve the problems they're in. Like Paul yeah. is oh, smart God, enough yeah. to know that the heisters are doing all this and but then he steals a fucking quadcopter to spy on them. Maya's smart enough to know the, like, break out of her room MacGyvering shit, but not smart enough to, like, call someone on a phone. It's... The characters... Like, she could call the cops. Right? Paul has a reason not to, sort of, but she's the hostage. Yeah, Boss Rutan knows that Paul Blart is going to, like, fuck up their plans, but he doesn't shoot him when he has the chance. Why don't they shoot Maya? Because, like, if you come after us, I'll shoot your daughter, but then they never do? Yeah. He's coming after them. I mean, this, no, this was also a running them. problem in the first movie that they could have shot fucking Paul Bart like a million times. But, <laughs> oh my God. Fuck you, Kevin James, and fuck you, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was Paul Cast of the Blart Lactic Heroes 2. <laughs> 
uh, and the conclusion of season two of podcast of the Galactic slash Gundam Heroes, whatever. So, uh, for season three, uh, do you want to do Kubo? Since it was uh, yeah. your very very strong suggestion and choice, what uh, would you like to unveil? Yeah, we uh, had some deliberations about where we wanted to go, and we have decided mm-hmm. on Gundam Wing. Uh, so God if you us. happen to have the series Gundam Wayne, or if you want to go find it for the purposes of listening to Lawn, uh, here's your heads up on that. Uh, we will be watching the dub because it is perfect in every way. <laughs> so uh, make uh-huh. sure to do that. And by the way, uh, try to remember the characters and their motivations going into this because... <laughs> Yeah, I think I might try and uh, keep a timeline of like character motivations over time, just oh to boy. see how it lines up. I'm just thinking and of some like, of these scenes that they're. Mm. I'm just I'm imagining there's going to be if we do that and have a timeline of character motivations, there's going to be multiple parts where it's like this character is motivated by X, and then there's just a bunch of question marks, and then they're reintroduced <laughs> and they care about something else entirely. Yeah. Drink whenever a character's motivation changes for no fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, till next time, Paul Blart. Paul Feig, Mall Krieg. <laughs> uh, ball fart, Mall Plop. Uh. <laughs> Take it easy. Perfect. <laughs>